0: Welcome to episode 196 of the Reptile Combo Podcast. We're back from Christmas break. We we took a week off.
1: We did. We and it was a great week.
0: It was a great week because I didn't have to work and today was our first day back to work. So if we sound tired, uh, we are. I am so tired. Today was the first day I woke up before noon in like two weeks. So. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, oh, I just got a note. For anybody that's watching live, if you want to go, uh, I- I- I'll plug them. Uh, our buddy Sean Gray has the Herp- yeah. the Herpcast tonight. He's also doing a podcast at the exact same time. And if you want to go watch him live, that's fine. And then you can listen to us recorded. But that's right. They're gonna have a uh, Darian on. Uh, and so if you want to go over there on the Herpcast, if not, stay here. I would gladly appreciate if you stay here and uh, Sean can suck it. Just kidding.
1: No, I'm not. He was a little worried, though, because he was like, wait, wait, wait. Why are you all on Wednesday? We were like, oh, yeah, normally we're
0: Sometimes not. we do Wednesday. So this time we're doing Wednesday. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get through our – I didn't have my stuff pulled up. That's horrible. I don't – wait. Wait for it. Here it goes. Uh, little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors is a small feeder and pet supply business based in San Antonio, and they regularly schedule feeder meetups around San Antonio as well as other neighboring towns and cities. They offer shipping on their feeder insects, isopods and are working on starting shipping on their feeder rodents too. All feeders are raised on a nutritional diet that optimizes the health of the reptiles and amphibians that consume them. If you're looking for feeder insects or if you're in the area, looking for feeder rats, definitely hit up our friend Lewis over at Lil's shop of whores. It's L I L apostrophe S shop of whores, great guy and really puts a lot of thought into what he feeds the feeders. So if you're really into what you feed your animals, he's into what you feed to your animals. So go give him a, a look.
1: That's right. And for our normal listeners that are like, wait a minute, Katie always starts with the
0: I started sponsors. Because I'm, I'm awesome.
1: We it's a new year and there's some 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 new changes coming to Lone Star Reptile Racks. And I haven't written the new blurb yet because I haven't been able to get a hold of Robert to get the new. Yes, written. he's not, Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, he's not with us tonight. He uh he is not sick this night.
1: No. I mean, he sick
0: uh he's got some good news, hopefully. He'll be back with us next week and he can. Yeah, Tell us about that. I mean, there but, are
1: some positive changes coming in. I haven't gotten to rewrite the blurb yet. So, so
0: he'll be back next week. Um, let's go with Harps. Herps Reptile shows. So I've got those pulled up. Uh, first one of the year, January 13th, January 14th in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Uh, first Texas show is January 20th, <clears throat> January 21st, Longview, Texas. And then we have the Big Conroe Show, January 27th, 28th. That's my birthday weekend. Come by, say hi. We'll be there in Conroe. Corpus Christi is February 24th, 25th. We may, may or not, but we don't know. We'll play all by ear. We may be there. Baton Rouge is March 2nd, March 3rd. Bryan College Station is March 9th, March 10th. Rosenberg, Texas, which is our new home show. We had the, uh, the Pearland show, and there were some issues with location and all that stuff. So March 16th, March 17th is the Rosenberg show. If you know where Sugarland is, that Sugarland area south of Houston, that's where Rosenberg is. It's like, I don't know, probably... 30 minutes from our house. So, and then slide Louisiana is April 6th, April 7th. So those are the upcoming Herp shows. And again, you can go check out the Herp cast and that's uh, tonight. Or you can go back and probably watch his on his show, on his channel later on and ignore him and stay with us live. Cause we're better.
2: <laughs>
0: um, I also want to give a shout out to our sponsor for all the December giveaways, uh, over at Colossal Constrictors. They were amazing. They gave away our third week of December prizes, which was the, um, Cocoa bedding, and instead of doing three blocks of cocoa betting, they ended up doing four blocks. So, uh, uh our listener, uh, I swear to god, our internet just cut out for anybody that's listening to the recording.
1: We literally just talked about this, yeah, we before did. we started.
0: We did, and then uh, and then it decided to mess up
1: because we talked about it.
0: Because we talked about it. Uh, oh, wait, god. we are back. Okay. We
1: literally just talked about uh, it. For those
0: of you that are live, didn't hear our conversation. Uh, for those of you that are in the recording later on, you'll hear it. Again, we, we talked about our, our internet cutting out. And of course, because we talked about it, it, it cut out. But we're back. Um, I brought in our guest on accident, but it'll be fine. Let me get. Uh, where was I? Oh, our, our sponsor for the December giveaways. Colossal Constrictors, instead of doing three blocks of Cocoa bedding, they ended up doing four blocks of Cocoa bedding, and their winner was Kayla Trotter out of Mobile, Alabama. You're oh, check that from. out. Uh, she won four blocks of Cocoa Betting from our friends over at Colossal Constrictors. We will be doing the drawing for the last week of December. I know it's the first week of January, but it's from the last week of December uh, at the end of the show. I'm not going to do it yet. We'll do it at the end of the show, but our friends over at Colossal Constrictors, if you're looking at buying a high-quality boa and you don't buy it from me, that's cool, go buy it from Colossal Constrictors. Uh, they have been amazing. They did our November giveaway. They did all four weeks of December giveaway. So go check them out. We also have a good giveaway going this month. Are you going to have it ready for the end of the month?
1: Oh yeah. I can totally have it by the end of the month for you. So we
0: need to come up with something for the, what they, what they have to do. We'll figure it out. We're going to give away a blanket. Katie's going to make a blanket. We went to, um, the the fabric store the other day and I was looking for snake fabric and I found fleece that had a whole bunch of snakes on it. Unfortunately, some of them were ball pythons. Uh, I'll get take a picture out. of it, but uh, but there is I think, a gopher snake on you there. You need to just
1: go get it, like right now.
0: No, it's gonna be. It. We'll take a picture and post it. Okay, <laughs> but she's gonna make a blanket out of it, and, and then we exactly found like, where it is, and then we found like actual fat, like fabric, cotton fabric that was the exact yeah. same pattern, different color. Mm-hmm. I bought some you, of that too.
1: Yeah, I was about to say when you find the the fabrics you want to go with that, I can make a quilt top.
0: for But you. uh, we'll be doing a giveaway at the end of this month for a fleece blanket. So. Uh, we should figure out what we're going to make you have to do to win that one.
1: What's the name of the show oh, that's
0: Darren. So Darren got his t-shirt from November. I apologize, Darren. Uh, they ordered it in November at the end of November. I promise. Uh I forgot that I had to go into the store and okay the order. And so it sat there for like 3 weeks. Uh,
1: is that why I'm getting emails now from the store? Did you change no. the email address? No. Oh. I thought maybe you went in and changed
0: something. I did not. But Darren got a shirt, so I'm glad.
1: Good. Uh
0: Am I all caught up? I think I'm all caught up on stuff. Oh, we'll get to it later. I'll talk about these later because it was a good find also. Anything else from Christmas? Mm. We didn't get anything reptile related. Yeah, no, we
1: can talk Christmas stuff. Introduce our guest.
0: Okay. Let's get to our guest. Uh, our guest for this week is Zoe from ZA Reptiles on Instagram and YouTube. How are you doing, Zoe? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, I told I told Zoe before we got on here, and I think I said the same thing to our, our guest. It's like three weeks ago. Um I just started going through her Instagram and finding people who had a lot of followers. I was like, I'll go ahead and have them on. So that's how I found Zoe. But then I watched some of your videos. Uh, I watched, uh, what was was the recent one where you showed your collection? I I watched that one.
2: Uh, Oh,
3: yeah, the Meet My Pets. I think it's the first one I've done of those in probably three years.
0: (laughs) It's a very diverse collection of animals.
3: Yeah, I I definitely like to keep a variety. Um, That's my goal. So it, it's been a while, so I figured it's time to kind of like catch everybody up on what I actually have, because it's, it's a lot of variety.
0: <laughs> and so you do education along with having like the social media stuff as well, but you do actually physical education programs as well.
3: Yeah. So as of spring this past year, so 2023, I officially launched my business and went official um, with my business locally. If I do traveling shows, I go to schools, birthday parties, libraries. Um, I set up tables at different events. So up until now, I've been doing shows through my local nature center where I worked. So I was covered under them. I had their shirt on, but it was my animals. Um, I've been doing that for years, since like 2019. So this year, I was officially under my own name, my own business name, the way I wanted it, which was super awesome so it's exciting to finally be able to do that because that's been the goal for quite a while now
1: that's so exciting
3: yeah it was it was super fun um like most things the pandemic put kind of a halt in that otherwise that would have started several years ago but what are you gonna
0: do (laughs) where are you based out of
3: um i'm in new york so um,
1: not New York City, but yeah. like the northern part of New
3: York.
0: Wait, there's other parts of New York other what? than New York City? Right. Like there's
1: other parts of Louisiana <laughs> yeah, so other than New Orleans. We used to live in Louisiana, and
0: every time we say Louisiana, people go, yeah, New Orleans. I'm like, that's not Louisiana. Stop that. That is New Orleans. it's just a part. Yeah. That's it's just a
1: part.
0: Is, but uh, so you have to deal with I – mean, like, well, I guess you're farther away from New York City, so there's not as many crazy laws reptile-wise. But mm-hmm. um, now that you're doing this all on your own, traveling reptile show bands are a huge thing you have to pay attention to then.
3: Yeah, so there hasn't been much talk about new bans or anything for New York, as far as I've seen at least. Um, but I'm definitely kind of keeping an eye out. So I'm seeing it pop up in other states. But in general, New York is, I would say we're pretty fortunate with our laws here. There's still a lot we can't have that I would like to have, but in general, it's mostly just really large reptiles and venomous reptiles and native species. So pretty straightforward as far as the state goes on what you can and cannot have, um, but we'll see. With everyone else having bans or proposing bans, we'll see what happens in New York. <laughs>
0: where do they draw? Fingers their,
3: crossed it doesn't go crazy. But
0: where do they draw their line at big as far as snake wise?
3: Um, so species that always, typically, I don't want to say typically, but the species that get ten foot plus. That's gotcha. kind of how they have it worded. So, your articulated pythons, Burmese pythons, anacondas. Um, unfortunately, there's not a loophole. I would love to have a super dwarf articulated python because then I can kind of have that big snake. But they do it by species name. Sorry?
0: They do it by species name.
3: Yeah. So, I've asked tons of people too. I'm like, so what about like the super dwarfs? They're like, nope, articulated python is a articulated python. They're all grouped together. They don't care that this one stays smaller. It's still articulated. That python. sucks. Yeah, so I'm hoping that maybe in a couple years, the longer I've had my business, it's a little bit more legit looking, that maybe I can get some sort of like permitting something. I know for a while, there was a group of keepers that were trying to work on getting some sort of permitting thing in place. Um, But then again, the pandemic happened, so everything kind of got halted.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we have a a buddy down here who breeds dwarf Burmese pythons, uh, which are pretty cool. But yeah, the, those those restrictions are always weird because sometimes they'll put like some of the weird like Australian pythons on that. Like they'll put scrub pythons, or I've seen mm-hmm. Louisiana. I think
3: those are on there.
0: Louisiana put pop when pythons. I'm like ten people have those. I don't even know why that's on the list. <laughs> but <laughs> just in case they one just, of those just, ten want to move, they googled to snakes. They googled uh-huh. snakes over eight feet, and they're like, "All right, here we go. All snakes over eight feet." And they just googled names.
3: Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. No, so, those really big ones.
0: <laughs> so as big as you can get is a bow. You have you have a, a Dumerles, right?
3: I do. I have a Dumerles and I have a BCI. They're both about six foot long. Um, the BCI, I'm assuming, will probably grow a little bit more, um, but she's probably about done growing. Yeah, now. she she might be just over six, maybe about seven. But now it's been a while since I've stretched her out and kind of compared her to the Dumerles and measured her, but.
0: Jeez. I think she's
3: at the point where she's going to start thickening up now. She's pretty much done growing lengthwise, I
2: think. <laughs> and
0: then they grow their big head.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Uh, Canal side Exotics said that their hometown can't keep anything bigger than three foot. Well, I mean, you do live in Canada, oh, so no. yeah, that's, your, that's, that's your problem right. for living that's in Canada. Right. Y'all also put milk in bags, and I can't get over that.
1: <laughs> so. And maple syrup in cans.
0: And maple syrup in cans. That is weird, too.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're right by Canada, so we see a lot of that stuff.
0: <laughs> have you ever seen bagged milk?
3: I haven't personally seen it, but I've heard it. <laughs> I've it's heard the about
0: it. it's the weirdest. I I just okay. I still can't get over it. every time I think they buy a bag of milk, and then they buy a pitcher to hold the bag of milk.
1: <laughs> well, you can get water in like cardboard boxes.
0: Yeah, but that's not it. They they have a pitcher in their house already. Like we would have like a, like a Kool Aid or a sweet tea pitcher they have down a here milk pitcher. That they put the bag in. Mm-hmm. They could have just put the, they already put it in a container, like, just put it in a, in a pit, like in a cardboard thing like we do. I in a carton? Freaking Canada. <laughs> uh, let's see what i I moved in the town I live in. Now I can keep anything but venomous. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's good. Better. That's better. That's better than anything. Because three foot, that <laughs> is sand That a lot. Yeah, it's like sand boas, rosy boas, and... I mean, shit, garter snakes can get Some garter snakes Get bigger than three foot It's not That's a weird Ugh Canada
2: <laughs>
0: uh, So With your doing the Now you're on your own Are you also like Doing the insurance And everything too Because I know a lot of the Travel shows have to That part gets Expensive That It's like a yeah, million dollar that, that
3: part was That was the longest part Of starting the business of finding insurance because nobody wants to insure you when you work with snakes. Yeah. The rest of the animals were fine. It's when you mentioned the snakes that they're like, "Eh." so for a while there I had one lined up that I was going to do. That was actually really good. It was still probably it was over a thousand dollars a year, which is pretty average for what we were finding, but they had monthly payment plans. So I didn't have to pay it like in one lump sum, which is what I really wanted. So I was, all set to sign up with them. The agent I was working with was getting all the paperwork together, getting every all the information they needed. It got to the point where I was ready to send the money, and they changed their minds. They're like, "Actually, we decided we're, you're not really our cup of tea." <laughs> like, Ugh, I have a program tomorrow at a school, but thank you. <laughs> like, I was all ready to go. Like, r- right up to that point, I was all set. I had a school booked for a big show. And then they were like, actually, we don't want to work with you. Mm. So luckily I had another agent that had just brought me another, um, another, what you want to call it? I don't know if call offer, but a another quote. insurance plan. Yeah. Another quote um, like a day or two before. So I like called him, it was probably like nine o'clock at night. Um, so I really appreciate that he answered and like got right on it. So I called him and I was like, I have a school show and this, other insurance has dropped me. I want to go with your quote. I've got the money. Like, let's go. Let's do this. And he was able to, like, the next day get it all set for me. I sent him the money and got insurance. But it was like several months of searching because nobody wanted to insure me, or the price was just astronomical.
1: <laughs> I want to say we've heard that before, though. Oh yeah, it's yeah.
0: because most mm-hmm. of us have to have a minimum of a million dollar insurance plan. And
1: yeah, it- a lot of schools want
3: at least that.
0: And what's crazy is if you were like, all right, I do a traveling dog show, you'd have got insurance like right away. They'd be like, oh, yeah, that's great, dogs. That's wonderful. I'm like, that's going to do way more damage than this corn snake that I'm going to show a kid. And
1: have way more possibility of children having allergy issues. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because I
3: come from the zoo field before I did any of this on my own. I started off in the zoo field. So the way I structure my business, my programs, is very similar to how we structured it there. And it was an ACA zoo. So it was very strict. So I'm a little bit looser with how I handle my business, but still very similar. So I have a lot of different like safety things in place. And I'm very strict about how the public interacts with my animals. Mm -hmm. So I'd have to explain that every time. They'd be like, well, what animals do you have? I'm like, well, this is what I have. But understand, they're not all being touched. I'm like, I've got an alligator snapping turtle. But he's like one year old. He fits in the palm of my hand and I don't let people hold him or touch him or anything. So alligator snapping turtle sounds scary, but in reality, little sploosh is not that dangerous or that
1: scary. (laughs)
0: We have Katie and I are both a zoo background. We worked at ACA Zoo in Louisiana and she worked in the education department and then I did a lot of the education programs when they needed animals.
1: I love that you say that I worked in the education. Yeah, you ran the education department. I (laughs) ran the education department for seven years. Wow. Calm down, man. (laughs) It's a little bit bigger than Chill out.
3: I worked right? in the
1: education.
0: You didn't just work there. I need you to call down. I, just
3: worked the education I was department. also responsible for large <laughs>
1: events that the zoo had every year.
0: But, that's uh, awesome. let's. Well, so, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how when we do presentations. And when we left the zoo, we would still get called because we were teachers. And so, like, during the like, summer, we get called in for, like oh, yeah. summer school stuff to do programs, even though we didn't have insurance. Uh, yeah. but I think we passed the getting sued. Uh, so we would do, but, but it's not like. If we let a kid touch something, it's like, I've got a pine snake and they can use two fingers and touch its back. They're not holding it. Right. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was in, when I was a kid, I don't know, most people had that weird reptile person come to their school when they were kids. And if it was in the 90s, it was just like, here's a Burmese python. Let me get 10 kids up here to hold this thing. Right. And I'm like, I think back to that, I'm like, that's a horrible idea.
1: So it's funny that you bring up holding things. Um, so I- hey,
0: hey, Fam- it. it's not a family show, but it's still not that kind of show.
1: Stop it. <laughs> I run the zoology club at my elementary school. I teach fourth grade English um, and I have like eight class pets in my classroom. Mm-hmm. But one of the, one of the boys that I have this year for fourth grade, I had him last year in third grade as well. They were in zoology club again last year and his birthday was like a week before Christmas. And he asked me, he's like, do you think you could take Luna, our corn snake out for me to see for my birthday? He's like, if not, I totally understand that it's not okay for like the, with the whole class. And I said, I tell you what, I said, do you want to like before PE starts, just come in. I said, "We'll take her out. You can hold her. I'll take your picture, everything. I sent the pictures to his dad. His dad was like, oh, my gosh, he's going to love this. They have a few reptiles at home. They just don't have any snakes. Uh, But it was my co-teacher walked in, and she was like, oh, Luna is out. Why is Luna out? Why is her cage not locked? And I was like, I had no clue you were coming in here. I'm sorry. (laughs) Kid did great. My coworker was like, I'm just going to stand here. Let me know when you have her, and he doesn't.
3: That's awesome though. Like that would be like the best
1: birthday. Yeah, he loved it. It was. He's such such an awesome kid. The whole family is just a great family. But,
0: but yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's. I imagine the other thing that hurts like getting insurance and saying you have snakes, and and I'm not saying it's going to come out come out wrong. I already know ahead of time because you have a YouTube channel, and I'm not blaming yep. your YouTube channel. But there are many YouTube channels that make it harder for you to get insurance when you say snake and people holding a snake because a lot of that stuff is very. Uh, let's get bitten. Let's do stupid shit, and that's what people mm-hmm. always see, and that's what they assume oh. you're gonna do.
1: Yep. And if it's if it's also if you're the only one in your area that's doing this, it's a it's a concept that they're not familiar with. So if the if if a traveling reptile program is not something that they've ever had the opportunity to participate in, it's a completely foreign concept to them, Mm -hmm. especially if they're not animal people or reptile people. They're like, why would somebody want to sit in this program? When they
0: hear snake is it's going to bite.
1: Correct. Or it's venomous. Yep, I cannot tell you how many times I'll be at a workshop and I'll say something about... My corn snake in my classroom. And they're like, you have a venomous snake in your classroom. And I'm like, no, you idiot. I, I do not have a venomous <laughs> snake in my classroom. Can, can, can we
0: not hit the table? Sorry.
1: Sound quality. Yeah. I was passionate in the moment.
0: A fancy show. You can't be making all that so noise. So sorry. Uh, oh, Darren had a good question in the chat. It says, besides the fact that he can't type properly. Because it says, does she have... <clears throat> Does she have – I got you, Darren. Does she have to notify her insurance company when she makes new purchases?
2: Oh,
3: I don't. At least they haven't told me I have to. <laughs> so I don't. If you but... don't ask, you don't have to. <laughs> exactly. They That's... haven't told me that I need to. So I, I just hand them the money every year and go from there.
1: That's a <laughs> great question because like – so did you have to tell them, like give them a list of everything you have?
3: I – I think I probably did. I got quotes for so many different places. I can't remember who wanted what, but a lot of them wanted a list of every single animal. Some of them wanted a list of all of my like safety procedures. Some of them wanted, a lot of them just wanted a ton of information. So you could tell it was something that like, they weren't super familiar with. Like you had said, like if they're not familiar with reptile, like traveling reptile shows, it's unknown territory. So a lot of them were asking a lot of questions. And every single one asked the same thing. So after a while, um, the agents were kind of like, just send us that information, and we'll just have it to forward to everybody right off the bat without them even having to ask for it. It'll go a little bit quicker. Um, So I can't remember if this one asked for that list. I probably did, because by the end, I felt like I was sending it to every single insurance quote that we had gotten. Um, but for the most part, they all pretty much asked for every single animal that I had right down to the cockroaches and the millipedes. <laughs> well, I,
1: it makes me think of like a rental agreement with a home. Like our mm-hmm. rental agreement, it has an entire page dedicated yeah, just to but the but we, dog.
0: But we ignore a lot of that when it comes to the other yeah. stuff.
1: Oh, right. Well, but this specifically <laughs> says, like, the dog that yeah. you have in your house.
0: Uh, yeah, I let and them know it, we have dogs. And
1: there's a, but there's a, no, like, that's what it's for. Like, it says on the. Yeah, page. we're
0: also not supposed to have that fish tank downstairs.
1: We're actually not. <laughs> um,
0: I'm sure we're also not supposed to have the hundred snakes in the other room.
1: When we. um. And if, but if you get another dog, you're supposed to amend. Yes,
0: they can your charge you more. Agreement. Because that makes sense. The yeah. dog tears up something in the house, it tears up something in the house. Two dogs is not going to make it. It's still a tore up something, but it's all about money. Uh, so, with the insurance. And outside
1: exotic said, don't ask, don't tell.
0: Yeah, it's, the, it's a good rule,
1: <laughs> usually.
0: <laughs> uh, so, does it count? Is it just liability insurance or are the animals actually insured since this is a, a business and they are a business? You know, we have to think of them as money in this case, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, are they insured themselves?
3: I'm trying to remember. I believe it's just liability. I believe it's just liability. I could be wrong. Gotcha. I'm trying to remember now. Because I know the one we were originally going with, everything was covered. Um, but I think this other one, it had better liability insurance. I remember that. So I think it might just be a liability, but off the top of my head, I don't remember. I was just happy to have something. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely.
0: well, I, I know that's always the big thing. If, if it's a business, the the insurance is always a big thing when it comes to that. Like you know, we did it just as a, a favor to other teachers, and we'd go and do stuff. But like, yeah. I know any of our friends that do do this kind of stuff for business wise, insurance is the big thing for them and um, getting it. So uh, I do want to go into the question for this week because it kind of ties into this.
1: I had 40 million notifications about the question, but I never not. actually clicked on there it. There
0: were 13 comments. So, I know, oh, yeah. and
1: I get ev- I get every single alert, but yeah. I never actually read the question.
0: So the question is, what are some of the most important topics right. you think animal educators should be discussing? So I'm going to go through the answers, uh, and then we'll go over them, and we'll discuss what you think uh, are important.
1: See, that's uh, why I didn't read it, because okay. I knew it was going to be something that I was passionate about, and I was like, I don't want to get into conversations on the thread when we're just going to talk about it on the podcast.
0: I need to plug my uh, catchy device back in.
1: So oh. got little gnats. I was like, what are you talking about? Stupid <laughs> gnats. I was very confused.
0: <laughs> uh, our, our buddy Seth said, wait, is the... <laughs> He's talking about because we said uh, animal educators. He says, is that what we're giving the name to influencers? No, Seth. Shut up. Go, go play with your geckos. <laughs> uh, and then our buddy Drew Schultz over at the Learning Zoo said he'll fight Seth for that. So... <laughs> Our, 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 we've got several friends that own like small zoos. Our buddy Seth owns a small uh-huh. zoo, and uh, he's the most. Our buddy Drew. F- Drew, yeah, not Seth. Seth owns geckos. Screw Seth. Uh, Drew owns a small zoo, and I always tell Drew he's the most fake, real person I've ever seen in my entire life. He's like, if you were gonna design, like, if you and I'm played, talking
1: genuinely real, like, like I, not, oh, I love yeah, not his personality. Pieces. I'm
0: talking physically fake. Like, if you were to design a character for zoo ty for zoo tycoon, and they were gonna be a zookeeper it's him down to the khaki hat and the vest the and the, curly, and the, mustache. His curly mustache.
1: And it's so great. That's
0: amazing. looks like a cartoon character, but awesome zoo. That's so anyways, awesome. uh, he's the next one on here says, uh, drew says it depends on who the audience is. And he said, uh, as a full-time animal educator, 90% of my shows are for kids four to 10. And most of the time I'm focused on the animal themselves what makes a mammal different from a reptile, how a tortoise uh, disperses seeds, or just the basic fact that an animal like a snake won't bite something unless it's food or a predator. So the main themes I'll try to push depend a lot on the factors, but it also always boils down to trying to inspire respect and love for the animals, seeing them as living things, uh, our living beings, conservation, responsible pet ownership, and understanding that all living uh, things have a lot in common with uh Little mats are annoying. Uh, are the main lessons I try to get across? Uh, which I'll come back to that because I agree with a lot of that. Uh, and then, and then his wife said snake safety. I feel like there's something there. She's you,
1: also a teacher. <laughs> she teaches first grade.
0: I feel like something happened for her just to say snake safety. No,
1: it's that that is one of her her pet peeves when they when they do birthday parties or people come to come to the zoo. She. That's something that, and especially with where we are in Texas, yeah, um, that is something that she just feels very strongly about because people are like, snakes are bad. And she's like, no, snakes are not bad.
0: You That's know? true. Uh Our buddy Megan, who we've had on the show several times, and she does a lot of educational stuff around here as well, said, like Drew mentioned, who the audience is determines much of the information I'm sharing and how I deliver it. I'm doing a class for a bunch of third graders in a couple of weeks, so my presentation will be adjusted to – is that your kids? Yeah, she's coming to me. (laughs) Figure. A bunch of my third graders in a couple of weeks. uh, So my presentation will be adjusted to reflect that I'm uh, speaking with a younger crowd versus most of my classes, which heavily include adults. Uh, Either way, I always talk about why these animals are important, discuss myths versus facts, Animal behavior and use humor to help people find a way to connect more easily.
1: Yeah, the podcast will be on a Wednesday that week.
0: <laughs> so you might want to let me know what week that is.
1: Yeah, because I think you're actually going to be at the school too.
0: Got it. So I'm doing I education. I
1: totally just remembered everything about that event.
0: So I'm doing educational it's stuff. The, also.
1: It's with the after-school program again.
0: Got it. Okay.
1: <laughs> They're doing a night focused just around us.
0: Remind me of when that is in yeah. the here <laughs> <I'm>
1: So sorry. <laughs>
0: Uh, we talk about easy conservation efforts. Most people attending my classes aren't going to head off ready, aren't going to head off ready to stop using plastic and save the world. But I can talk to them about why glue traps and deer netting should be, should not be used and why they shouldn't fear snakes the way they've been taught. Yeah. The, we've talked about glue traps on here before. She's had to take copper or cotton mouths off glue traps, Mm -hmm. rat snakes off of glue traps. So
1: that's, that was my text message to remind you and give you information. Because if I didn't text you, I was going to forget again. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> I'm glad I haven't lined up a guest for that week on Tuesday.
1: Uh.
0: Um, Scott Borden, uh, he says, Animal Educators does not – I agree with Scott here on some of this. Animal Educators does not equal teaching about hobby-related issues. I see where he's coming from. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh seems like a lot of folks don't realize that. I think of when we were all kids and the Animal Educators came to school to teach us. I uh, must have
1: been sick that day. Did you not have the snake? I don't snake? remember anybody ever coming to my school with animals like that.
0: Did you have one Zoe? I feel like we
1: did one. It was
0: fifth grade Maybe I remember
1: once? It. See and it I was might af- have been fourth grade. I was afraid of snakes until we started dating.
0: I remember fifth grade
1: and I feel like I would remember because
0: I remember, I remember the uh, you know the cafetorium uh, I, remember, that I was in because we didn't have all I remember place. like
1: going to facilities for field trips. Nope. yeah but I don't remember them coming to us
0: we had weird snake guys show up with big Burmese pythons and all this sort of stuff now granted I, I
1: graduated high school 20 years ago and God, I you're can, old I can vividly remember in third and fourth grade when we did a reading competition and my principal kissed a pig but I don't country remember somebody school. but I don't that's remember. Like country
0: at school but I, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying Jesus like that was Christ. 30
1: years ago and I can remember that. I think I would remember reptiles coming to my school, unless I yeah, was I so up- traumatized that I blocked, blocked it out. It.
3: I grew up in South Carolina, like right in the capital. So we had Riverbank Zoo right there. Oh, yeah. Amazing zoo. So we took field trips there. So I don't think we had anybody come to our school when I was down there. Once I moved to New York, I feel like we might have had someone like once when I was in fourth grade, maybe if I'm remembering correctly.
0: I remember, I remember mine in fifth grade. I, 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 remember, I just remember there was a big snake, but I know it was fifth grade because I remember the school. Uh, back to Scott, he says, um, it's about actually learning about the animals and their native habitats and interesting facts. Uh, but the number one thing that should be discussed is conservation and the threat. This one. Oh, I had it and it got away. Crap. Anyways, uh should be <laughs> it's discussed the conservation and the threats to the animals. And then Drew agreed and he basically said everything he just said uh canal side as i said i did fifth grade as well and i ended up working with him for a few years now that crazy reptile guy is one of my closest that friends
1: that is fabulous
0: <laughs> See, it's a crazy reptile person you make
1: great friends in this hobby you really do and, and weird yeah. ones
0: uh Crystal Kamen Comment says I do educational shows For kids But most of the time The parents are there as well So everyone gets A little education uh, The kids get Age appropriate information About the animals I bring And I talk about The importance of reptiles Even the venomous ones I talk about How it's important To leave wild animals alone They usually talk, uh, Takes me into Mentioning to parents That they too Should leave wild animals alone And that it's Nonsensical to kill snakes I often give resources On snake removal I have found That this sparks An interest New respect And appreciation For reptiles This turns Uh, This, in turn, I believe, helps conservation. Uh, During my educational shows, I also get questions from people of all ages about what reptiles make good pets. That's an excellent doorway into giving information about correct care, resources, and reputable places to get reptiles. I agree there, too. I'm I'm going both sides of that fence.
1: Hold on. Before you keep scrolling, though, where she mentions educating the adults and parents as well. So one of the questions that I used to get all the time in programs, because I would travel to the schools for, for the zoo and, and all of that, and then do all the programs when they came to me was how do they have babies? That was always my favorite it didn't matter what animal I was holding. At least, like in like peak field trip season, at least once a day, a program, a kid was going to ask. I
0: never me, shy away from that question. How could I have
1: babies and the parents? You could visibly see them squirming in their seats. <laughs> like, oh. oh my god, what is she about to tell? Her I've children? explained that
0: to like right. first graders. And it writers. has gone.
1: It has. It, I, and, but it is. It's for, like the pre K kids, like four year olds. All the way up to teenagers, and they try, and they'll try, like the teenagers ask it on purpose because they're Mm -hmm. like, now
0: mine are all very cute. When I bring my snakes in, like, because I'm gonna bring my snakes in in like two weeks for genetics, right? Okay, uh, they'll ask, you know, how, where where does it come from? They gotta explain there's one hole, and then I go through the whole process. I'm a biology teacher, so I can,
1: yeah, yeah. It's just, do you get those questions at your parties and programs? Not
3: often. The main one I just get is, do they lay eggs? So oh, it's very okay. fun when I've got the ones that you know don't lay eggs. Yeah. That's pretty much the most I get, is Do they lay
1: eggs? How do they have? Babies? I haven't had to go into detail.
0: <laughs> uh, I have to say something to Canal Side. I haven't, saw, I haven't called you Sea Anal Side I was Exotics on.
1: Okay, that was the third time you called them their I correct name, and I was, I was about trying to be to nice because Zoe first. was on,
0: and I don't know her that well, and, then, and I didn't want to make fun of. But old Sea Anal Side Exotics, I, they. Uh, James <laughs> I, is back, this this folks. is why not everybody's allowed to do education programs because you can't tell kids they be fucking. That's how. It's not. <laughs> you can't say that. That's not how that works.
1: Amazing. I mean, you could, but you, you won't you have could, a job yes. for long.
0: They won't ask you back, right. and if they do, you may not want to go back. Um, Jason Creek Moore's answer says: information to spark the curiosity, make it fun for the kids and the parents, and hopefully that translates over to conservation and good pet acquisition and keeping. Uh, Laura Vinsel said not all animals Are good captives even though people may display their Creatures there should be a clear understanding of what the Requirements are to keep them in captivity Get to that in a second Uh, Pierce Plumman just said ball pythons are Bad investments yes that should be the first Thing should be said in an educational program Stay away from them Uh, And then Jake Hole, who we had on three weeks Ago uh, said I think The natural history of animals uh, We bring to educational events is one of the more Interesting things about them where they're from, what they do in the wild, et cetera, but then it tied into educating about local species from there. Uh, after I think the most rewarding things to educate, after that I think the most uh, rewarding things to educate about snakes is, um, specifically is to address the misconceptions that are spread about them. Uh, the usual snakes are slimy or snakes are evil, that kind of stuff. So uh, I agree with all that. And when we'll, and we we'll get into that, but I'll let you go first, uh, Zoe. What do you think is some of the most important things that you need to cover when you're doing an educational program?
3: So, first of all, I feel like all those answers were, like, really good and hit the nail, like, right on the head. Um, I agree with a lot of them. Uh, What was really funny was the snake safety one. I feel like that's a big one for me as well. Um, Because, well, in general, just for all of that, up here we don't have any zoos close to us. The closest one is three hours away. And it's still a very small zoo. So a lot of the times what I'm doing is, Some of the only exposure kids or anyone around here get to these kind of animals. Um, And we don't have any pet stores either. So as far as pet care goes, anything reptile care related, the people around here and like the community, the kids, they just don't really have that kind of exposure. So I get a lot of questions about care during programs. So somehow, some way I usually end up finding that I'm talking a little bit about care. Mostly I do that with ball pythons. Um, because that's one of the main things around here, kind of those most common reptiles, leopard geckos, bearded dragons, fall pythons. Those are pretty much the animals that I see around here from those that do end up with reptiles. And they usually come from one of the chain pet stores that's like two hours away. Um So I find I'm talking a lot about that kind of stuff with people ask me. Um, but conservation is a big one just because that's a personal passion of mine. So I always make sure I'm working on conservation somehow. Whether I have an endangered species with me, a threatened species, maybe an invasive species. Sometimes I have more than one, and I can tie it all together. Like if I have my morphed axolotls, I can talk about how um, invasive species are part of why they're critically endangered. And then maybe I'll bring out my Argentine take and be like, oh, and here's an example of an invasive species. Um, And then a lot of people like her, especially if I be like you know sometimes you see them like down in florida and sometimes people can kind of use that connection if they've gone on vacation um so finding ways for them to kind of connect back to their personal life too um i feel like it's a lot of a lot of that stuff um we have a local nature center where i work they are pretty much strictly native animals so we've done a lot of education through the nature center native animals so anyone who's gone there is pretty familiar we mostly just have garter snakes and turtles around here, maybe some salamanders, but not a whole lot in terms of herps. So they've got a pretty good knowledge on that. Um, so it's really more of the exotics I like to focus on. So I do a lot of, you know, meeting the individual animals, try to bring some unique stuff and stuff they have never seen before, why they're important, where they come from, talk a little bit about their different adaptations, which is a big one for me, their different behaviors, talking about just different cool things about them. Um, and I like to, I kind of turn my shows into a little bit of a quiz, if you will, to really try to get some engagement. So as opposed to me just standing here and being like, oh, like this animal eats X, Y, and Z, so that makes it a carnivore. I always ask the kids, like, hey, like, what do you think this animal would eat? Like, let's talk about, you know, its body shape, its behaviors, its adaptations to kind of help you kind of get an idea of what it might eat. And then if they can get to the point where they're like, oh, it eats rodents. And I'm like, okay, so what what does that make it? And then i Get them to say carnivore. So it's a lot of kind of engagement, get their brains working as opposed to me just talking at them. So that's a big thing for me is trying to get them involved, trying to get their brains working. So it's not just me talking at them for an hour, um, but all sorts of stuff like that. So I feel like because we don't have a lot of exposure up here to those different things, we don't have zoos, all we have is the nature center. I kind of have to hit a little bit of everything um, from, you know, different locations, behaviors, animal care, um, all sorts of stuff, but also then. Like I mentioned, the snake safety, I think like a lot of people, especially when it comes to education programs, they're very much like, hey, like, I want to hold the snake. Let me wrap it around my neck. Let me do this. Let me do that. Um, and I'm just like, eh, yeah, I have a hard time getting insurance. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about how to, you know, responsibly handle the animals as well. So I do that a lot, too. Um, just like responsible handling what you should and should not do when you're handling different kinds of animals. I have a turtle or tortoise talking about how to help them cross the road because the main things people see up here and the main thing they talk to me about are the turtles they find, um, mainly painted turtles, sometimes snapping turtles. So how to help them cross the road the right way, um, not taking them home because in New York State that's illegal. So, again, talking about how to um, responsibly obtain your pet reptiles, how to go about doing that. Um, like we had mentioned the calabar fur and pythons earlier, so I use her as an example of wild-caught animals and how not to do that. Um, so the topic I used was like my pancake tortoise. She was captive, captive-born, captive-bred, but it's another good example of a critically endangered species and why you don't want to take them from the wild. So kind of working all the topics in together the best I can to, to try to hit a little bit of everything.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, uh. Well, reading through some of these, I, I understood where Drew was coming from, uh, not Drew, Scott was coming from talking about uh, not teaching care. Uh, that should definitely not be the the goal, I think, of the educational talk. But those questions do come up because someone inevitably is going to say, I have this at home or I want to get one of these. Or, right. And if you are a good source of information, you should definitely give them that information because if not, they're going to go Google search stuff and we all know how that can go. Or they're going to go to the big box pet store and they're going to tell them that. You know, that tortoise can go in a ten gallon tank with this turtle kit that you're gonna it's gonna be bad.
3: Right, yeah. Usually if I have someone that starts really asking for like in-depth care information, that's when I'm like, hey, like come see me afterwards, I give them my card and I'm like, hey, here's my Facebook, here's my Instagram, here's my email. Feel free to reach out to me, like I'll send you links for stuff, we'll we'll talk about it, I can help you out. Like, I don't mind at all. Um, so mainly during programs itself, it's more like sometimes diet related questions, or like I said, the ball python. So that's usually the big one. So I like to talk about how they have different behaviors, how sometimes they'll go and climb and they'll explore and everything, and how we want to try to give them those opportunities to explore those natural behaviors. So again, it kind of goes back to just the natural behavior and the adaptations aspect. Try to kind of talk about what they might do in the wild as opposed to yeah, just sitting.
0: <laughs> when I, and i like talking about so i when i i don't i don't do it a lot now since we moved here where we were I, I did quite a few of them but i'd always bring you know a tortoise is always fun to bring because then you can talk about where they live and how they live and you can always talk about no they can't come out of their shell because everybody's seen cartoons right. and how they survive and how they dig under the ground because i usually use sulcatas um and then I also like – I have a Louisiana pine snake, which is always fun because it's an endangered species. So, you can talk about how it survives and, and how – and the fun thing about them is how they reproduce because they have these giant eggs. But they only lay like three at a time. Um, and so, I like talking about some of the, the weird facts. I find the hardest mm-hmm. thing for people in general, and especially reptile people, because let's face it, we're a weird-ass group of people. Um, not all of us are meant to talk to the public about yeah. reptiles. You can love reptiles all you want. You can love them more than the next person but maybe you're not the one that should share the information about that reptile to the general public. And, uh, and Megan said in here, you know, talked about um, keeping it, how would she word it? Hold on, i got to find it. Uh, age appropriate, right? Yeah. Not a lot of people can go from talking to adults to Correct. talking to first graders.
1: Correct.
3: Yes. Yes. That's a big thing I've seen um, with educators, especially like at the nature center. We all kind of had our specialized age group. I was very, very good with like the toddlers, but also the junior high age, but having to do all sort of different like field trips or different grades. And I also coach figure skating. So between my private lesson students, but also my group lesson students, I've had to work with a lot of different age groups over the years. So I feel like definitely helped me give get like a good background in education and how to work with different groups of people. Um, But we definitely see that with educators all the time are like some of them are very good at certain age groups like we had a couple at the nature center who were very good with the older kids they really liked adults they did not like toddlers for I was great with toddlers I love working with toddlers
1: (laughs) (laughs) I did a program once in fact our daughter was actually one of the reasons we brought the class back at the zoo it was the zoo babies and it was for like two and three year olds. And the parent had to come and sit in the class. It was like a one hour, hour and a half class that they could sign up for on a Saturday. Um I I remember that now. That was, that was rough. It was <laughs> it was rough keeping those. Well, because they were They were five minute attention span. Yeah. yeah. Holy moly. I remember like after the first one, I was like, oh it's like, exhausting. I, I teach
0: high school students on a regular basis because those are the kids I can yell at and I can deal with yelling at high school kids and telling them how dumb they are in person. I can't deal with elementary kids on it like you teach third and fourth grade and I, I can't yeah. do that but I can come teach them about snakes for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. like I can do that right. I, I can I can bring it down to third grade, fourth grade for 15 minutes. As long as I don't have to be there to take care of those kids after that. I just got to get away he from He also
1: them. won't do questions. He'll answer the questions. But when it's time to like call on questions, he'll look at me. Because I have this whole <laughs> spiel that I do before. I'm like, okay, remember your question words. And we go over what they are. And I'm like, if, you're, if, if what you're about to tell us tells a story, remember, you got to hold it. Wait till we're done. We're mm-hmm. only asking questions right now. <laughs>
0: But I'll answer any question. But you
1: do, yes, absolutely.
0: I just don't like being the one to pick on the kid.
1: Yeah, he won't. He's like, no, you pick. You pick. Also, because
0: then you do that whole like you, the one in the blue, no, the other one in the blue, the one with the. that gets annoying. I I leave that for you. (laughs) Uh, Darren (laughs) asked, "Do you work alone? If so, is it a lot hauling the animals around? Are there plans to expand and hire someone else eventually?"
3: So I do work alone. Um, Sometimes my little sister will help as like a volunteer. So if I'm doing a show, sometimes she'll walk around with the animal to have double duty. That way it's not like I'm talking, and then I walk around with the animal, and then I start to lose the kids because I'm walking with the animal. Yeah. I can be talking about that animal while she's walking around with it, letting the kids see it up close, touch it if it's an animal that's touchable. Um, Or sometimes events, she'll come. So it's really helpful to have her at events with me because it's a lot to set it up and tear it down. So I've got displays, I've got the tables. But she really likes the Dumeril's boa, so usually she'll stay off to the side with the Dumeril's boa. And then I'll be at the table managing the table and then, like, a smaller animal that people can touch and interact with. So it's nice to have that second person because then there's more options for people to be able to interact with the animals as opposed to just me. Um, I would like to in the future. Not necessarily – at this time, I'm not planning on bringing on, like, a second employee, if you will – but I would like to be able to offer kind of like an internship program for the local high schoolers That'd be cool. because for kids like me, when I was in high school, there's nothing around here really to help you gain experience. So once I went to college and then kind of started to realize through internships that when you're applying for jobs in the zoo field or the animal field in general, they really care about your experience. Yeah. So it'd be nice if I had something in high school that I could do, whether it was volunteer at the animal shelter which our animal shelter, I tried for many years and never heard from anybody. Um, So I don't think they really do much in the way of working with high schoolers or volunteers or anything like that. Um, And the nature center tries their best. But um, at the time, the nature center was a smaller building. It's not what it is now. So when I was in high school, that wasn't really an option. They didn't have the animals that they have. Now they had maybe a, a turtle or two. Um, so there really wasn't anything for me when I was in high school. So I'd love to be able to provide that to kids, especially since I've been in the zoo field. So I kind of have an idea of what they're looking for, what kind of experience they'd want you to have, what kind of things they need to learn um, to kind of be successful once they get to the point where they want to try to get some more experience in the zoo field, whether it's a job, an internship, applying to very specific programs in college, um, so being able to offer that to kids, so I can bring on a couple for like a semester, if you will, and kind of teach them different um, educational qualities, public speaking, as well as animal care. So right now I'm working on renovating our basement to be kind of the animal room, little headquarters, so I have plenty of room down there. The long term goal, which I'm hoping for the next year or two, is to have a very small scale local education facility where people can come. I can do camps, have classes, but that way it's a little more of a professional setting to have interns as opposed to like, Hey, come on down to my basement. (laughs)
0: I've got candy. Wait a That's not
3: Right.
1: right. I wonder if there's, um, if it has to do with the animal shelter. So one of the animal shelters here won't like they won't even consider you as an insurance thing for a lot of them for if you're under a certain age, like the ones that I've talked to, it's been 16. A few of them are even 18. The
0: problem is we live in a world full of people that will sue. Whereas when we were kids, it wasn't that bad. (laughs) So like as a kid, like I remember as a kid on Saturdays, you could go to the pound or Sunday, Sundays and Saturdays and walk dogs like, yeah, just come out here and walk dogs. Mm-hmm. We just need people to walk them.
1: Well, and they did tell me that if your parents come with you, like if you if the parents come and the parents are volunteering, depending on the child and the child's behavior, it would be allowed. Because I'm like, like, my kid's almost 13. I think I was in if like eighth grade. If she wasn't in the National Junior Honor Society, I wouldn't be looking for volunteer time for her. I, thinking,
0: I think I was in the eighth grade, my, uh, my local uh, shelter. Like, asked me one weekend, like, hey, will you come on TV with us? So like, I remember one day I went on TV, like, their dog of the week, whatever. And I was like, Aww. I was the one that kept going on to show the dog of the week.
2: Cute. So, that's
0: awesome. But I don't know how much they do that. Everybody's afraid of, like, one person gets bit by a dog now and you now they'll get sued for millions of dollars. Which is why she has to have an insurance policy for right. a program where yep. they're never going to hold the dangerous animal. Yeah. The yep. quote unquote dangerous animal. It's. Yep. Yeah. I've got
3: a couple. I've. I always tell people my animals go through like kind of different training phases. So they start out just being either display animals or program animals where I'm just holding them. So they're out for like five to 10 minutes and then they're back again. And then if they're comfortable with that and I think they're doing okay, then I work up to maybe touching where I let people touch them. I usually start with small groups. So the nature center day camps have kind of been my little training area for the newer animals because it's only like seven kids. And they're usually older ones. I always worked with the older day camp kids. So they're like 10 to 13. So I'd always bring, if I had newer animals that needed some training, I would bring it in with that group. So we do touching. Um, if it was an animal that was trying to get ready for holding, I would do that with them as well. Um, so I have very few that I actually have that I let the public hold. So in general, I've got a lot that are touching, a lot that aren't touching, and then my small select handful that I let people hold that I I know are absolutely just going to be completely trustworthy. But I'm still like right there, ready for anything. But it's fun. like my doomerol, Boa, who's a big, gentle giant. So he's kind of like the big, cool snake that everyone gets to hold. But I know he's a big baby.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's
2: it's-
1: go ahead. It's funny that you say that about training the animals because I, um, about a year ago now, the end of January last year was when we got him, I received a young or a baby baby. bearded dragon for my classroom my rescue had passed away um and he actually didn't even go to the classroom until august so he stayed home from january to august until i felt like he was big enough to go to the classroom because i mean i have 22 23 kids in my classroom and then when i have zoology club kids in the afternoon i have 35 kids in there so i mean it's a a lot of people Um, so he came in August and I, when we went through all the animals, I remind, I introduced him and I was like, look, I was like, no one in here is going to be responsible for taking care of him because they take care of everything in the room. The kids do. They all have designated jobs. I don't, I don't do any. I did it over Christmas break, but I'm ready for them to be back because it's (laughs) their job. Um, but he his tank is set right next to my small group table so he's just used to the movement by his cage and then in October I was like okay I'm gonna take him out while I'm teaching in the front of the room but nobody's gonna approach me while I have him like we're just getting him used to being around more noise So I'd like have him on a harness while, you know, this, I'd have him out for maybe five minutes and then he'd go back. And now we've gotten to where he can actually sit on our small group table with like four or five kids around. We haven't worked up to touching. He's cool with me handling him. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm hoping here in the next month or so that we can start with them getting to handle him. But yeah, it's funny. We've, we've even done uh, with the zoology club kids. We had him, we made a big circle and I had some mealworms and I would toss them and he would run and go get them and eat the mealworms. And he did that in a group of 30 people. Um,
2: That's awesome.
1: So, yeah, it's funny that you said that though. Cause I'm like, I do that with mine in my classroom.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: A lot of people don't, don't think about that. People think you, know, you get the animal and off it goes to
1: programs. Yeah. You've got to work on Take my time. <laughs> yeah. I have a, someone I know, uh, got a bearded drag, a baby bearded dragon recently. And now that the heat and everything is like set up and, the tank is good to go. I got a text message today. Okay. So this is the first day that we're seeing this behavior. But when we went to go pick him up to, to feed him, there was a lot of hissing. And I said, yeah, your temperatures are where they're supposed to be. He's set up the way he's supposed to be. He's trying to scare you away so that you leave him alone. But if you want to continue to handle him, you just got to power through. Like, yep. he will realize in about a week of doing this every day, oh, wait, this is how I get food. And then he won't do that to you anymore. Just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you're not. Because she was like, I don't want to stress him out. I was like, no, no, no. You're good. I'm Like, his beard didn't even turn black. He's literally just trying oh, to scare you dead. away. <laughs> don't let him win. <laughs> nope. That's right
0: somewhere. Oh, it was, I was trying to figure out who said, hey, James, in the chat. It was Dakota. Oh, I just
1: yeah. I didn't pull up Facebook. I apologize.
0: That's always Robert's job. He's on it. I know. Um, I had something I was gonna say and then I got sidetracked. I blame you, Katie. I'm sorry, it's all your fault.
1: <laughs> it always is.
0: It was good too. It was gonna be amazing. It'll come back to you, maybe. Maybe. Uh, so let's talk about YouTube for a little bit.
1: Okay, uh,
0: so how many I, I, I looked at it earlier, but how many followers, how long have you been doing it and how many followers are you at on YouTube? Because that's always a weird. The idea of so many people watching you put out videos. Like, I'm always weirded out when people like tell us us in public they won't listen to our podcast, and I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but you've got quite a following. What?
1: I'll have to share her YouTube with my Zoology Club kids. They're always looking for people on YouTube to watch. That's
3: awesome. Yeah, Yeah, I've been doing it for a while. So, I think I started my channel in 2018 maybe 2019 2018 it was going into my senior year of college so it was 2018 um that i started my channel and so i am at i think as of yesterday or the day before 10.7 thousand subscribers so it's slow and steady growth but it's been a lot of fun
0: still feel like a lot of people like it's got to feel like a lot of people that are just watching you post videos but you talk about your animals right
3: yeah.
0: It's it's cool. It's just, it's always, I'm like, I'm, I don't know why Darren listens to our podcast every weekend is in the chat and I appreciate Darren being there. It's just weird. Like, does his family not love him that they don't want him around for two hours on Wednesday? I don't, it's just odd. Uh, So you've done it long enough at this point. How have you dealt with, uh, there's got to be negative comments that get left on videos. Um, Yep. Are you at the point now where you just find it funny and you enjoy when they come in and you just laugh at them?
3: Yeah. So I actually was thinking about this earlier. I feel like I haven't really gotten any in a very long time. When I started my channel, there was always some, but I feel like it's it's been quite a bit since I've really gotten a good one. <laughs> um, and I mean, it definitely sucks when you get them, but I feel like it never really affected me too much because um, my mom is very, she she is very good at being like, if someone has something negative, she's like, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way, move on. She's always taught us, you know, you don't give those people your time of day. It's not worth it. It's a waste of your time. So it used to be, you know, people, if it was something where we could have like a good conversation, I might respond to it. Um, but in general, it was kind of like, oh. Sorry you feel that way.
2: She's like, he's like, you've got was- stupid
3: hair. And
0: then they go on like, like, what,
3: what? right. That was the very first good one I got. I think it was, I think it might've been an iguana care guide I did. Cause I started off my channel and my Instagram with my iguana that I had at the time. That was kind of how I got started. And so one of the first things I did was an iguana care guide. Cause I felt like there's a lot of iguana stuff missing from what was very popular on YouTube. All the popular reptile keepers and animal keepers on YouTube Nobody had green iguanas. Nobody was talking about green iguanas. Um, and then I've got my green iguana who was a rescue case. He had severe metabolic bone disease Mm. to the point where we thought he wasn't going to make it. Um, through some rehabbing by the end of summer. So I got in the beginning of summer by the end of summer. Um, he was well enough that I was able to keep him for another five years before his injuries really took him out two years ago now, maybe. Um, but he was kind of the reason for everything. The reason I got into education. Um, because I enjoyed teaching people about the iguanas and iguana care and MBD and nutrition and lighting and all of that. So that's kind of how I got started with education was because of him. So it was one of the first videos I did was an iguana care guide. And I remember the comment I got. He was, and I think this guy followed me and he had commented on stuff before, like positively. But he commented and he was upset that I like took the time to do my hair and makeup and clean my room so that it looked <laughs> clean. I was like, well, I don't want to, like, have my piles of laundry all over the place, and, like, my books scattered everywhere, because I was in college at the time, so I was in my apartment, so it's an apartment with a bunch of friends, so I literally just had my room, so half the time it was a mess, but I took some time to clean it up, make it look nice, do my hair and makeup, So it didn't look like I just rolled out of bed, and apparently that was very upsetting.
1: (laughs) God forbid. I I remember the And I know, I was like, oh, I just want to look professional. I know, I was just thinking, you try to look professional The
0: funniest one we got was I got told by someone I needed to be nicer to my wife. That was
1: the best (laughs) comment ever. We laughed. So I was actually, so Darren Watson said he's married, so podcast is his escape. And in my head, I immediately went, but no, I'm stuck here. This is not an escape. I could be doing something crafty right now.
0: But I remember they they said that I forget I forget how it was worded but that I was mean to you and yeah. and i I I needed
1: to you needed to respect, respect you. me more. I was
0: like, uh, fuck off dude. I was
1: like wow if only they really knew. Oh I love that one. Too funny.
0: Oh, yeah, man. it's it's just it's I, I, that one's the internet's a loud. great place because people feel like they can say whatever they want because they'll never see you in person.
1: Well, and I, right, I love your way of thinking, and I was raised very similarly. And James has always been like, "Who cares what they have to say?" And that's not me yep. at all. Anybody who really like if Facebook, me, if Facebook wouldn't like, block Facebook me, like, I'd like say like, "fuck hey, you" a
0: lot more often on Facebook.
1: Like <laughs> it stresses me out when people don't like me, and I've gotten much better at it over the years. I feel like. I feel like I'm not. You know, you
0: know what keeps you from stressed out? The response. Hey, fuck you, and then you walk oh, away. It,
1: I it, can't. I can't <laughs> do it. it. Feels great. Not me.
0: Oh yeah, do it. Just try it. One, if, if one person says something, just look at him and go, "Fuck you," and then walk I, away.
1: I'm gonna do that to you later. So don't <coughs> get mad.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I ignore you half time, anyways. Remember, I don't respect you according to the guy. Oh, on, that's right.
1: That's so whatever episode that was. Oh. That'd be
3: very much my boyfriend's mindset. Yeah, but <laughs> so it's it definitely gotten easier too. Because I'll just, I'll, if I ever get one, I end up reading for him. He was like. Meh. So it's much easier talking to him about it, too. He's
1: kind of so like, funny. okay, so <laughs> I don't ever read the comments. Well, what's great
0: is there is there saying something I'm like, yeah, but you took your time to watch or listen to this. Like, right, who's who's really the end of this joke? It's you. I, I <laughs> you could hit the off, you don't have to listen, yep, or look. The
3: so minute. My new response has been, thank you for the views or thank you for the engagement. And then I leave it at that. And usually they don't ha- they'll come back after that.
0: That's so <laughs> funny. You can't take the view back. It's already there. Like, yeah. Right, it's so, in like, the algorithm. So thanks
3: for the view. Thanks for engaging with my video. It just helps me out.
0: <laughs> like so, Darren, Darren, so this is a joke. Darren asked, did the iguana have plastic plants? That's because uh, my chameleon cage back here, this very green chameleon cage, is all plastic plants. And uh, people that have listened to the show for a while know that when I got the chameleon, uh, apparently the chameleon community is full of uh, assholes. And they were all telling me how my chameleon <laughs> so was going to die because I gave them plastic plants and that I don't like my animal. and I'm like, it was so oh hostile. Oh, man. They were angry.
1: It was, That's I've so never scary. seen anything that hostile in the reptile community.
0: So
3: there's a couple of Facebook groups that are kind of scary.
1: See, and I don't, I'm not in any of that. That's what I bring to the podcast. I bring an outsider's viewpoint.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm in them, but I don't post very often because I see that too much. Where I'm like, I, if I post, I'm opening myself up for those kind of comments. Yeah, just I mean, and not say
2: anything.
0: <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. The people I got my chameleon from, who told me how to set my cage up, because they breed them and they take great care of theirs and they're wonderful, told me that it was an issue. With general people oh, online, they, did. they gave me the heads up. So they when I posted like, a picture you of my, post this picture, my this finished cage, happen. and I said nothing other than "Hey, I finished my cage," I sat back and waited for the hate, hate messages about having <laughs> plastic plants. Which uh, he still has not choked and died on yet. So he's really letting me down. Uh, <laughs> the damn thing hasn't eaten my plastic plants. It. Just, just get him to eat the fucking plants, and then we don't have to take care of them anymore. No, 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 no. <laughs> He's currently staring at me, actually. It's kind of creepy.
1: <laughs> he probably ate all this. Look, he's looking in his cricket bowl. That's what it is. He's looking to see if any more are going to climb out. I only had like a handful to give him. He ate so many the other day.
0: Chameleons. So, uh, I'm going I'm to make you pick. What is your favorite animal you have?
1: Currently
3: at this moment? Yes. Oh, darn. <laughs> So, I would have said my iguana because I love caring for him, but I don't have him anymore. So, at this moment, I really, really like my jeweled Lacerda. Those he doesn't cool. like me, but I like <laughs> him a lot. I, I love the very colorful animals, especially if they're blue. So, my iguana was blue, ah. um, and my jeweled Lacerda has got some blue. So, I really like the blue animals. Um, and he's just a lot of fun to interact with, even though he's Pretty hands off, besides like one week last year where he all of a sudden asked to come out and climb on my hand, and that's probably the greatest moment of my life. I managed to catch it on video, so I just had that forever because it never happened again.
1: You have proof Um, that it happened.
3: I have proof, I have proof, and it was the best thing ever. So I really like him just because he's so funny to watch and interact with, and he's one of the ones where it's like if you walk in the room, he'll come right over. So when I had temporarily, after I left the zoo, I moved back into my parents' house and the pandemic hit. So I was kind of stuck there for a while because the housing market was just not good. Um, But his enclosure was level with my bed. So I would just sit on my bed and he would just sit back and forth. He would watch me. We'd interact. But it was super cool. So he's just one of those ones where it's like, he will interact with you as long as you don't touch him. And it's just a lot of fun. And he's just super cool. But like, other you know, than that, I really like my Doom Earl spell
0: too. <laughs> See, I've got a whole bunch of animals that just don't like me in general. They're not fun to interact <laughs> with. They don't want to be around me. I've had uh, Euromastics for
1: mm-hmm.
0: fuck, like God, 12 years. have Frankie
1: for forever.
0: And, uh, he
1: wants nothing. He wants nothing to do with it. Like, I'm talking James walks in the room, and he runs and bolts behind oh my the I my mean, I can I can tank. take
0: him out. And I can hold him, but he's going to puff up, and he's not going to bite, but he's just going to puff up and like wiggle the whole time. I'm like, I get it, dude. You're not happy, but you've been here for 12 years calm down
1: which is funny because if our daughter's up here playing video games he'll come out move around
0: yeah but if you open the cage he will freak out
1: yeah right no. but i but i can be in the room with him and he's out moving around and he d- won't even do that for you he'll move
0: around up here mm. he just won't let me touch him or do it if i, I, I gotta feed a, him he runs away and- i
1: saw a video on her her youtube channel with an animal that's high on my list again what the pancake tortoise oh yeah that was fun we had a pink She's another tortoise. one
3: that's very interactive. Like, if I open the door, she's trying to climb out. And her enclosure is pretty high up. So she's just like, hey, door's open. You're here. Let's go. Um, but she'll follow you around. She's super interactive. So she's been a lot of fun.
1: They're fun. I love We had
0: one. We had I, one for yeah, a while. and Someone gave them to us, and then we had them for a while. And then he just got sick and, like, died, like, quick. It was yeah.
1: very much, like, a, over the course of two days. Situation, it was it was rough.
0: But pancakes are, are a cool one. Mm-hmm. I would like to do them. I, the problem is that the price of pancake tortoises is just mm-hmm. like shot up,
1: mm-hmm.
0: ridiculously expensive. Um, yeah, I. I, we I love
1: about, our tortoises that we have. I mean, I love the chameleon. Don't get me wrong.
0: I, well, I miss my tortoises. So we we moved to Texas three years ago, and our big tortoises are still in Louisiana. Uh, my in laws live in my in our house in Louisiana, and they're taking care of our big sulcata's. Uh, that is the one thing I miss the most: not having those here because those are fun.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, I would love mid- big tortoises. Um, so it's in the future plans. I don't have space for them right now. I'd reel the leopard tortoise. That is like number one on my list. I want a leopard tortoise. We worked. I worked with one at the zoo that I was at, and he was just the absolute best.
1: I like cherry head redfoots. Yeah, we have
0: a couple of those. They we really have a couple see. of those. Yeah, tortoises have a lot of personality. That's they why. do. Mm-hmm. But you have a box turtle. Your box turtle. I out.
1: do have a box turtle in my classroom that was gifted to me. Um, and she her tank is fine. drying out by the way that's good so i don't know if maybe it was just cuz the heat wasn't turned on in the yeah, building it was, the, the cuz nobody was there
0: we soaked it and then we left for the for the break, the break and they turned and, the heat off
1: yeah but uh she it, she looked it looked perfect today but she was out and about looking around today
0: yeah she grows pumpkins every year trying to figure year. out
1: where the kids are
0: she's a pumpkin farmer
1: yeah my my box turtle her name is alice and my guinea pig penelope are like the two of, like, the biggest diva class pets I've ever had because they are so obsessed with the attention that they get.
0: Well, the box roll is funny because every year Halloween gets part, gets pumpkin, and then, like, a month later, pumpkin plants start growing. She ate
1: the rest of them over the break.
0: She ate all the plants. Ate, so, yeah. all
1: the pumpkin plants. Yeah,
0: are she'll, let, she'll let them grow up pretty tall, and then she goes in and eats them all.
1: The kid, I'm like, let's pull them out and we'll grow them. And all the kids are like, no, no, leave them in. We want to see what happens. I'm like, I can tell you what's going to happen. They're going to be gone they're when you come disappear. back from Christmas. Darren says
0: he's a fan of the Herman's tortoises.
1: Oh, so they cool, too. The little the Greeks. I just got one. A Herman's? I always yep. confuse them and
0: yep. Russians. They look and Greeks. They all look so. They're all small, tan, brownish tortoises, and they're cool. Mm-hmm. But like some of the cooler ones, the ones you can't get, like the like the what the spider tortoises. Those things are freaking radiated. cool. Radiated, yeah. You can get radiated. They're expensive. Oh, can you? Yeah. Oh. I mean, they're special. I mean, you can get them, but you can't get spiders. Mm-mm. And they're like that big.
1: Is it this? Am I thinking of the like? Is there a star tortoise? You can get, I like the star yeah. tortoise. Okay, that is yeah, that is something I'm thinking of.
0: That, that is a tortoise. You are right.
1: Well, no, but I didn't know. Like In my mind, I could see it, but I'm like, is, what is that one called again? And I couldn't remember if it was the spider. I think it's the star, though. Yeah,
0: and no, the spiders are the small ones.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I, I get
0: what Zoe went to the hat on, but it's the itty-bitty ones, and they don't get that big. But they're really rare, and you can't have them. That's cool. That's why I want them.
1: <laughs> Terrapins. I just want a terrapin.
0: I do want a terrapin. we can't have those down we here. We can't either. have those here. Y'all can't have them up there either, no? though. No?
1: Oh, well, that's true. Yeah,
0: I can't either. <laughs> yeah, we can't have any of them. I'm like, we can't even That get, is probably like, the one...
1: only exception that I would make for an aquatic species would be a diamondback terrapin.
0: Alligator snapping turtle? If no. you had the right setup?
1: I don't no. even think that I would be, and don't get me wrong, alligator snapping turtles, you know, are hands down one of my favorite turtles. I will sit and watch them at, at zoos for hours.
0: As they just sit there?
1: I will. I, I there's something about them. They're just. It's like a dinosaur. It's, so cool. it's just so cool. But no, terrapins. I would.
0: I like diamondback. Terrapins. I
1: do love diamondback terrapins.
3: See, I like all the ones that look very prehistoric. So I'm yes. not big into aquatics, so it's mm-hmm. like the the snapping turtles would be my exception. So the common snapping turtle at the nature center. He was like he was my baby. I loved him, and everyone else had their favorites, but they all like the. The, um, and spotted turtles are cool, too. But the spotted turtles, the wood turtles, I was all about the big, prehistoric-looking yeah. snapping turtle.
1: Maybe and that's I why I like them, because they don't get a lot of love. <laughs> Maybe right. that's why. Yeah.
3: They're what? very misunderstood. They are. <laughs> They're the
1: underdog. Like yep, the Frankenstein of the that. turtle world.
0: I love alligators. I don't like common snappers. The common snappers don't do it for me. I like alligator snappers. I guess I saw so many common snappers, like when we were to the zoo in Louisiana, people would always bring, we have an alligator snapping turtle, I'm like, yeah, no you don't, and, and then hand you a common <laughs> snapper, turtle. I'm like, thanks, y'all gonna take care of it, sure we are, and then we just go put it in the bayou behind the zoo, I'm like, all right, go on, with the other alligator snapping turtle, all the other common snapper turtles, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah, those and like Mata I really like the Mata Mata's.
1: are cool.
0: They're so cool,
3: um, and then Fly rivers would be the other one that I
1: really like. It's the one you liked. That the Houston Zoo had, but it's not on exhibit oh, anymore. The goofy
0: ass little, oh, what was, it was that? The leaf
1: tail, maybe? No,
0: leaf. It was like brown breasted leaf turtle or something. Oh,
1: the, yeah, the ones with the big eyes. With the goofy mm-hmm.
0: ass face, yes.
3: Yeah.
1: That was the first so time I'd ever fun. seen one. I was like, this is cool looking. It's the
0: goofiest face. Mm hmm. And
3: it looked that like it had a little a turtle exception.
1: It had yeah. like a little <laughs> smile and these like almost googly eye looking thing. Like yeah,
0: yeah, it looks like something's wrong with it. it does, but it that's looks how like they like
1: all look. <laughs> yeah. I think. uh Yeah, they're pretty funny looking.
0: Crocodile counters down the road has some.
1: He did say he had some. Yeah.
0: So we'll have to see his Komodo dragons and check out his turtles.
1: Yep. And hijack you a.
0: If someone would steal me a Chinese alligator, that's all I'm asking. <laughs> The man's got like 40-something of them there. He won't notice one Chinese alligator missing.
1: I was waiting I really on you to I bring that, that up.
0: I I told you, I would get rid of every animal, every reptile I own for one Chinese alligator.
1: You've got to figure out. There's got to be some kind of way you can get one for the classroom. I doubt it. There's got to be some type
0: of... I mean, one. they are super protected.
1: I know. That would be the one I would let you have, too. freaking love <laughs> we had an. We had a Chinese alligator at our zoo that we would use for education programs. And when I ran the education department, he was the reptile keeper. So I always knew that if I needed to use an alligator and I could pull off around a time where he could come do the program with me, I could use the Chinese alligator. And I loved doing That's programs awesome. with him.
2: Anyways.
3: That's another thing we can't have up here. No crocodilians.
0: <laughs> That's crazy. Cause if you, if you cross state lines into Pennsylvania, you can own whatever the hell you want to.
3: I'm pretty sure you can in New Hampshire too. So that's only like I don't know four or five hours from me.
0: Yeah, your state. But I'm pretty right. sure New
3: Hampshire doesn't have very many laws either.
0: <laughs> yeah, your state's not fans of that or guns.
3: Mm-mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I want to pull up our discussion group and make sure I put it on the screen so Chris Eaton doesn't fuss at me when I talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been gone for a while, so a lot of cool things got posted over on discussion group while we were gone. Uh, Let me pull it up real quick, and we can go through these. This first one's really cool. Uh, This is about giant salamanders. I love giant salamanders. These things are really neat. And uh, Previously thought there would only be three uh, species of giant salamander, two in Asia, and then ours, the hellbender, which is so freaking cool. Uh, But they have found uh, more in Japan. They found a fourth species in Japan of giant salamander. Uh, Wow. So... As long as you can keep people in Asia from eating reptiles and amphibians, they have a chance. Very true. But for anybody that's never seen giant, like giant, uh, the the giant salamander, I think people underestimate how big, like, uh, like like Japanese or Chinese giant salamanders are. They they are huge. I mean, you're talking like four to five foot long salamander that can fit like a basketball in its mouth.
1: That's terrifying. That's so cool.
0: But They're awesome. But then we also have hellbenders in the United States, which I think are one of the coolest animals They're on earth. They're so
1: underrated. We have really, really are. are in New York. Yeah. People do not give them enough credit for being as cool as they are.
0: They are a cool looking animal. And I would not want to get bit by one. This picture floated around. I saw this. Uh, I got shared on here a couple times, I think. Uh, this person flipped over a tarp, or whatever and found these three carpet pythons in the wild all wrapped around eggs in the same spot.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember you sharing that uh-huh. one.
0: Uh so that was very interesting. I would imagine those three females are related. So if you take DNA samples, I would imagine they're related and probably from that general area. But uh, to find three all on eggs at the same time in the same spot was really cool.
3: That's
0: pretty. Good. That's pretty cool. Um, there it is again. Where I shared it. There's a angry <laughs> frilled. I didn't, there's an Instagram video. <laughs> did but you watch ever. that? I did not. Did oh, you? Oh
1: my gosh! So it's.
0: Yeah, talking to the microphone.
1: Sorry. So, I want to say it's the video. Is that the one with the video? The Instagram video, yeah. Yeah. So, this guy is literally just walking, and this lizard's like, I'm going to eat your face. And just keeps... You looking.
0: know why? Because it's Australia. Yeah. Even, <laughs> even the small lizards no. there want to kill you. I'm
1: good. Yep.
0: Uh Oh, this one took me a little bit. let so see I can find it. Uh, it. It looks like a tree, but there is... Oh, I think it's a... Hold on. I think it's a moth, if I remember correctly. But I can't remember where it's at right now. Anybody go go over and check out our I think if I pull up on here it won't oh but okay. It'll get bigger. Uh it's somewhere in there. I saw it once. I got nothing. No, is it a moth or a spider? I can't remember at this Wait, there it is. Someone circled it here. I think it's a spider, maybe. But it blends in super well. It's it's crazy candle floss job. Go over and see if you can in the, what in the world just happened?
1: Katie, what would you do to my... You have to hit the X button. I'm not trying to X. I was no, trying no, to... no. You have to X out of the picture. What? You never do this on your computer. That's the <laughs> and problem.
0: Not, and not having a mouse is really confusing. i got to buy a new mouse.
1: Oh, I was going to say, I don't know where yours
0: uh, is. Oh, I wanted to listen to this one. This was a good uh, snake talk podcast, which is a good podcast. had a uh, person talking about exotic parasites and snakes, which would be really cool, spreading across North America. Uh, Dr. Jenkins sits down with Jenna. Uh, I'm not gonna mess up her last name. Just go listen to that podcast. It's a good podcast. <laughs> uh oh, this is one that Nathan posted about these uh it says in they call these uh crabs invasive sort of Georgia. Um and, and reading it, it was kind of tricky on whether they naturally got there. They're from like Florida and farther south. Um, but I think they naturally got there, and now they're taking over. Which I don't think technically fits. That's not invasive. fit
1: invasive, is it? If they migrated up there on their it's kind own, of a natural
0: thing. Yeah. Um, huh. But you know what? You can fix that. Since several people from Louisiana there, and they'll eat all of them.
1: Send some Maryland people down. <laughs> what are you talking about? Just they'll eat them, right?
0: Uh, I this one says you can't give your, you can't buy snakes for yourself uh, for Christmas. And it says it clearly says from Santa. Yep. So.
2: I
3: like that one.
0: Um, what in the world is this? I didn't watch this one. I did not. This is the most unique crocodile. I don't know. I didn't watch it. It's an Instagram video. I don't I think if I click on it, it won't open it. Yeah, it opens it in a different screen, and then people can't see it. So go watch that. It's over on the thing. Wait, is that
1: that was ours? That's the
0: radiated. That's right. That's Houston Zoo had three radiated tortoises. The pickles named Dill, Gherkin, and Jalapeno
1: because the dad is Mr. Pickles.
0: Yeah. So, That's
1: hilarious.
0: Yeah. Little radiated horses. It was horses. a
1: big deal. Like, oh, it is. Just, radiated yeah. horses
0: are, are, are rare. Uh, crocodiles of the world. I didn't look at this one, but this is all the different types of crocodiles, which is I think at like 27 or 28 now.
1: When we were on our honeymoon, it was 23. It was
0: 23. But they've split several of the- <laughs> So in
1: 14 and a half years, they've <laughs> added species.
0: They, well, they've split several of the Nile crocodiles up into like, think into like three species,
1: and I know that fact because we went to
0: St. Augustine Alligator Farm
1: on our honeymoon, and we were able. To, and when we left, he was like, "And now you have seen all twenty three species." Oh, here you go. Here you go. Fun. This is
0: this is one both y'all will enjoy. Which one? Uh, open it. Give it a 2nd yeah, check this out. There's a snapping the turtle snapping climbing turtle. the fence. Oh, I tree, watched this
2: about the jump.
0: Oh, I think I've seen that.
3: Where this
2: water source?
0: Just <laughs> Climbed, oh, a tree, climbed a fence and a tree. That's a big old snapping turtle too. Mm-hmm.
2: This is insane.
0: <laughs> uh, mute that guy.
2: <laughs> but, but look at that! Look at that thing. It's a That's awesome.
0: Dinosaur climbed a tree. Oh my god. He that. said, "Fuck your fence." Yeah. Just waiting to see him pop. And then down. I really just want to. Let's say, "Does he get down in the
3: video?"
1: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it give it a second. It's I mean they're slow. Man,
0: once it get once it get head uh, Oh.
1: Nope. Give him uh, it
0: a. Uh, Oh, bam! Oh,
1: oh.
0: <laughs> this guy sucks at filming. How do? Yeah. People, why do people always suck so bad at filming stuff? Yeah. Like, how hard is it to keep the thing you're focused on on the camera? Because
1: what they're doing is they have their phone on it, but they're not watching it through their phone. They're watching it in real life, and then their phone veers away from what it is that they're filming. I say this as someone who does that quite frequently. So I'm (laughs) fully aware of how that happened. What did I do? How did I?
0: No. See, I hit the X that time. You lied. I checked this out. Hit the X. I did hit that
1: X. I don't know. You broke it.
0: It's your fault. (laughs) It's Facebook. I blame Facebook. Now I got to get back to where I was with Turtles climbing. We missed
1: that much stuff.
0: We've been gone for two weeks.
1: Oh, okay. There's a little mouse.
0: Why is there a mouse? Why did you post a mouse? (laughs)
1: Because I'm terrified of mice, but look at how precious it is. It's
3: pretty cute.
1: It's actually, and the, the, the article or the rest of it that goes with it, it's a, the photographer was like, you know, just trying to catch the big stuff. And along comes this little, and this mouse comes like right up to the lens of his camera and just hangs out for a little bit. And this oh is one God. of the pictures. Probably because he's, he's
0: freezing. He's hoping that guy will warm him up. He's sitting on snow <laughs> right there. It was a little
1: chilly. It was just so cute. Uh,
0: a photograph an alligator underwater in the wild with snorkeling. Fuck that.
1: Yeah, no, that's a hard not pass doing for me. I do not
0: doing it. I love alligators, but they're better in the water than me. Okay. So I've, this company here, I think I started following them. Uh, they do a lot of reptile blown glass stuff and it is like super realistic. This is a giant axolotl they're doing. I can doing. see
1: that. I, was, I saw the axolotl and I saw the flame and then was like trying they, to figure out what but was they've going
0: done, on. <laughs> like, people go follow them. I think it's a, it was it Garmesi glass? But it's a super realistic reptile. They do a lot of reptile stuff. Um, I, I got sucked into a wormhole of watching all the reptile videos and uh, it's amazing.
3: I have to watch more of those. I did see that video, and I love like blown glass ornaments. Yeah. So I saw that, and I was like, "That is so cool."
0: Yeah, that, that that's crazy. The amount of just the skill to get it to look so real.
3: Yeah,
0: uh, being furry doesn't make your pet better than mine. Very true. It makes it taste better, apparently, because my pet likes to eat them. <laughs> uh, well, I love this. Wildlife should be left alone. And also then, me. <laughs> and then sees a the snake or lizard. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. I will pass that one. Oh, this it says said Pokemon in, in person. Uh, he got hit with confusion and now he's just biting himself. Yeah. Because as much as we love snakes, some of them are just stupid.
1: They really, yeah. That mouse is like, I don't know what the
0: hell's going on right now. Look at that, just...
1: Just tags himself. Poor thing.
0: Stupid snakes. Uh, I think this is AI. I don't think this is real. After looking at the picture, it looks very AI. Yeah. This pied moose. Uh... I, mean, I guess it could be, but the picture looks very fake, and I don't trust a lot of stuff I see on, on now because of artificial intelligence mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is one the this caiman eating this emerald tree boa. Like that's a crazy picture to get uh, eating it. First off, it's a caiman eating a snake that stays ninety nine percent of its life in a tree.
1: It lucked out.
0: That thing came down to move to a different tree. The snake tree and got not
1: screwed.
0: so lucky. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Wait, this us turn on the sound. Internet is a vast cosmic arena where all types of content can be found. So oh, here my... we are. We have Ricky on oh, the left this and is Tracy Ozzy on the Man. right. Okay. I'm not going to leave that on because anybody who's never seen Ozzy Man reviews, go, go find Ozzy Man online. His um his voiceover of animal stuff is freaking hilarious. Yeah. I was just two frogs eating and then getting mad at each other. Uh, this always pops up, videos of the Spider-Tail Viper. Which is so weird. One of the coolest animals on so earth. So
1: weird. I thought it was fake the first time I ever saw. Yeah,
0: anybody's ever seen? It, go, go see video. Go, just search videos of spider tail viper. Seen
1: these. I have never even heard of that. Okay, oh. so it, I thought there was a spider in this exhibit with this snake. That's its actual. Yeah, its tail, tail. has
0: like like legs and a head, and it will That's move it like crazy. it's walking it and
1: uses it to lure. There's a and video. Distract there's
0: a video of one in the wild doing that, and a bird comes in to eat it, and it strikes it in mid-flight. Yeah, when it comes in to eat it,
1: it's. Oh I God. didn't think it was real the first time I saw it. Spider tail was like, vipers, no, cool. Check out all this.
0: Uh, this I'm one going down
1: a rabbit hole. <laughs> that is our our podcast page. We're already the discussion group is good for that.
0: Have more than one hundred ball pythons at home. Stop. And this is no, but these have yeah. No, you don't need ball pythons at all. Just just don't get them. Don't get ball pythons. <laughs> I'm, I'm saving everybody the the heartache. Uh, this this one Travis posted, which was fitting for our hobby. It says, you know, I used to like this hobby, but shoot, seems like everybody's got a rock collection. It's caveman. A ball python. Yeah, he said ball python. <laughs> but. Uh, that was from Travis. Um, oh, <laughs> Jason Creekmore, who's also on also said he had a lady that told him yesterday that she saw a black panther in front of Royal Virginia. Oh, wow. First thing I thought of was this podcast, because we talk about it all the time, because they're not a real thing. And he chuckled and walked away, and she looked as dumbfounded like he didn't believe her or something. Yeah, because they're not real. Crazy lady. <laughs> so it's just a thing as a black panther. Uh, someone with a dumb haircut? We're going to skip past that. That's my dad posted that one. So yeah. Did what, you look at it? No.
1: Look at the haircut.
0: God, that's so stupid
1: Yeah, <laughs> right, It look, happened Look,
0: look I'm going to hit this X See, there's an X here I'm going to hit it Oh, it worked that time Son of a bitch
1: <laughs> It did not yeah. work earlier mm, I think you hit the wrong thing, friend Well, we're done sharing that one So I, got, uh, I get the weekly emails from Reptiles Magazine And yeah. there's articles and things like that I always get them on Wednesday So when we film on Tuesday I can never bring them up and talk about it Because I always forget by the next week uh, but the one this week had some really cool information. It had western banded gecko information. Those in are cool. And it's like snake, our own
0: western banded, like our own small version of leopard geckos.
1: Right. Yeah. This exactly. It looks like a leopard or fat tail gecko. The head's cool. shaped a little different. Yeah. The head is kind of like got a pointier nose, like an annul, which I thought was kind of cool. There's also some really cool pine snake care and natural history, um, on different, which is one of the largest non venomous snakes in the United States.
0: Yeah. Talk into the microphone. So sorry. It's only been a hundred and know, however many episodes.
1: Uh, there's an article. <laughs> cool. I haven't read this one yet, um, but it's about how some, some people were climbing a tree to save an Eastern Indigo snake. Uh, but the picture, were they,
0: were they climbing it to save it? Or, or, they or did they snakes? want the eastern indigo snake? Yeah, so
1: I'm not really right. 100% sure the there. Uh, there are some new lizard species that were discovered in southern China and northern Vietnam. And the Phoenix Herpetological Society Sanctuary has announced that six mugger crocs and six garials are now part of their captive breeding program at the sanctuary. That's cool. Um, so wow. I thought that was pretty cool. That seemed like a, a pretty big deal. Garials are just so weird. So bizarre looking, but it's so, (laughs) so it's very pre, they're very prehistoric. It's just like, it doesn't look real.
0: There's this massive crocodilian that eats fish. Yeah. Like you look at them, they look like they're scary and threatening, but I'm like, in reality, they eat fish. They're not taking down deer or people just eating fish with their weird ass mouth. Yeah.
1: Yeah, It's crazy. But
0: they get huge.
1: Yeah. It's pretty,
0: pretty cool. You know who I really, I need to talk to. The, you know that sulcata have you ever seen the sulcata place out in Arizona you know the one I'm talking about so have you ever seen that where I forget what it's called but like you'll find videos online of the people go out there visit and they've got just like crap tons of massive sulcatas
1: I've never heard of, of this I don't think so I can't remember what it's called Not I know sure. somebody
0: listening right now is like in, yelling at me at they're yelling
1: is. in the car yeah this is what it is <laughs> <laughs> send us a message if you're that person that I, uh, knows what it is we wanted, could google it I've always wanted to talk requires... to folks to take
0: care of giant sulcatas because I take care of medium sized. Big doesn't. God, they suck I love them
1: God, they are <laughs>
2: They're
0: just such a horrible they're, pet
1: They're divas mm-hmm.
0: So You've done education programs You've talked to people And and, and Don't give me the Politically correct answer to this Because Everyone okay. does You have to agree There are such things as stupid questions Right? Ah!
2: <laughs> okay, because people all the
0: go. There's no such thing She's as a dumb like, question. My, I'm like, no. My
1: potential customers could be watching this. I don't want to answer this question.
0: <laughs> it's fine. You can ask I your dumb question.
1: No, I understand that face. I guess there could be
0: so. some. questions <laughs> I give him that face quite frequently. Some questions you could ask, you're like, God, that's a dumb question. Like I tell teenagers all the time, the last questions in class. Like for me, a lot of times though, it's they'll ask a question of something that I just answered. I'm like yeah, it's a dumb question. So
1: there's a see. That's so I was thinking. I was actually just about to tell you there's a difference between a dumb question and ask and repetitive questioning, because that's another thing that I do with our programs is if I remind them, listen to the other questions, don't ask it if we've already answered it, because we're not going to answer it a second time. Um, but I
0: also like when thing when people ask if like reptiles if, if they have babies and they're not asking live birth eggs they're not asking, they're simply asking if they have babies and I'm like that's a dumb question just because
1: I don't know that I've ever had anyone ask I it.
0: have and I'm like they obviously have to because I'm I'm holding, You're holding one. Another
1: one they're not clones
0: <laughs> and it wasn't the only one on earth it didn't just poof into existence I feel like it's a dumb question but just sometimes like especially like they're paying you to be there so you can't be a jerk mm-hmm. to them and so you have to right. like put a smile on your face and then answer the dumb question, and then inside you've got to be God. That's such a dumb question. I uh,
3: yeah.
0: Which I wrote down I'm all to of give mine.
3: examples. The main, the main thing that came to mind was like the repeat ones, but like they'll ask it slightly different, but for like the same answer. Yeah. And like we just talked about that, like in back to back too. Um, but also the ones that will like, it's usually just a kid being like a smartass of some sort when they're asking questions about like handling or touching the animal but it's like something totally stupid like well why can't we touch it in the face why can't we poke it in the nose why can't we boop the snoot and I'm like oh there's no poop in the snoots we don't do that here
0: I always hate when I uh, do educational stuff and I have like stuff in tanks and then you'll look up and a kid just hanging on the glass I'm like stop stop and, like you're like there's a parent standing next to them mm-hmm. not correcting them I'm like oh great now I've got to be the parent here and uh, and teach them like, hey, you wouldn't want me to come up and just bang on your head. Don't bang on this glass tank. Uh, yep. I used to in the back.
2: Yep.
0: Be in the back. Like when I went worked at the zoo in the back of the snake area, and you just hear some of the dumbest stuff coming through there, of people walking through a snake house. And it was usually <laughs> the adults, like like kids ask kid questions, but you'd hear adults tell a kid an answer mm-hmm. that was so blatantly wrong. And you're like, how are you in charge of another living mm-hmm. thing? And going around and saying stuff like that, uh, they just drive me nuts. And then the big one yes, that drove me I've nuts.
3: Gotten those sometimes.
0: Well, like it's gotta be weird. Like cause you expect it from a kid, but when a parent asks you a question, you're like, "Oh, I really can't. I gotta like hide it on my face that I think you're a moron." And you just gotta smile yeah. and smile and nod at them, and then make them feel like they're yeah, a genius. Up
3: here, it's a lot of. Here it's a lot of things about like oh, well, I, like, rescued, because I also do wildlife rehab. So sometimes we'll talk about, like, rehabbing of the turtles that I've taken care of that year or something. And like, oh, I rescued a snapper, too. Now it lives in a fish tank at my house. I'm like,
0: <laughs> No, you, you kidnapped no, a snapper
3: turtle. No. <laughs> yep, yep. So I get that a lot, and that's usually the adults. The kids I can usually, if they bring it up, so I'm like, oh, yeah, and, like, you're planning to, like, let it go right or like hey you should probably call like a rehabber so usually like i'll segue into why wildlife rehabbers are important and like what you should do be find an animal that you think might be injured um because the kids don't know so then they do know going forward um and i make sure they know that you know i'm licensed and the director at the nature center was licensed so i was like hey like so if you find a turtle that you think needs help what are you gonna do and they're like bro, well, we're gonna call you and i'm like good Good, you took that away. Good. Now you can go home. You can tell your parents that. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of times it's the adults because I mean, New York State. I feel like they're not very upfront. Well, you know, you can't own native wildlife. It's legal. If you work with animals, you know that. But the general public doesn't know that. The they problem. Come in and they're like, oh yeah, we have this painted turtle. And I'm like, Ugh.
0: the problem is you'll say that to someone. It's illegal. Yeah, well, we've always done it. That doesn't mm-hmm. make it legal or right just because you've right. always done it. That's, right. We'd have people come to the zoo when we worked there and bring us baby out. We rescued this baby alligator. I was like, "No, you didn't. You took this baby <laughs> alligator out <laughs> yeah. of the wild, and you somehow didn't get eaten by mom." That's all that happened. Like you didn't. <laughs> like they'd bring us like newborn baby alligators. I'm like, well, why, why, why did you grab it?
1: Yeah, Your lucky. Mom mm-hmm. didn't grab you. But yep, yeah. yeah, we get calls
3: sometimes. They don't just take it and bring it in, or just take it and then call. Sometimes they'll call us and be like, "Hey, there's this situation. Like, what should we do?" And I'm like, "Leave it." I'm like, "What do you mean, leave it?" I'm like. Later. Yeah,
0: they They <laughs> hate the answer of when you just like, just let the animal die. Like, it's not, like that's an age Like, bird fell out of the nest. Okay.
1: Zoe, so I've got to Take go pick our, our daughter up from her music class. But it was fabulous getting to talk to you. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Because you guys will be done by the time I get by home. By the time you so. home, we'll be done, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's always the one that, that, like, when they're like, it fell out of the nest. What do we do? Uh, walk away. I was like, not, not all baby birds make it. And like, the odds of you taking that baby bird and raising it mm-hmm. and it being able to go back it's just very small like leave it there right. yeah but people right. have most
3: to- rehabbers won't touch it that's the hardest thing especially with like the avian flu the very few rehabbers that we do have up here that do birds they've stopped taking birds because of avian flu so people oh, yeah. would call the nature center and were like, well first of all we don't do birds as it is we only do herbs because that is what we know but also circle of life
2: yeah
0: <laughs> you get like baby squirrels. I'm like, it's, I know it sucks. It's cute as a baby, but I'm like, there's like mm-hmm. 70,000 more of them. It'll, it's going to be all right. Like, they weren't all meant to make it. Right. Just put it back on the ground. A snake will come yep. along. And that's and eat another
3: it. hard thing that we talk about sometimes. Yep. That's another hard topic sometimes. We're like, well, you could save the squirrel, but it's not like there aren't a million other squirrels. Are you going to use your resources to save that one squirrel or save those resources for like, a wood turtle or a Blanding's turtle. We got a lot yeah. of Blanding's turtles this
0: year. Well, like that squirrel could be yeah, food for something else. People don't always s- like that answer. Well <laughs> and the squirrel could be food for something else, which will save that something else, and that's how it's supposed to work. Like that's but everybody wants to save every they always want yeah. to save everything as long as it's cute and cuddly. And like the moment you're like, hey, look at this snake that needs nah, we can just let it die.
3: That was the last one we got during I think it was on Thanksgiving. The director of the nature center was on duty, so she went in to check on everybody, took her dog for a walk on the trails and found a garter snake curled up on the trail. And it was really cold that day, and it looked like he had just recently eaten, and he wasn't really moving. So she was like, well, you know, bring him back to the center, warm him up, and either he's going to make it, and we overwinter him, or he's not going to make it. But at least we gave him a chance. So she brought him back, and he warmed up, he digested, he pooped, and so now he's just being overwintered, but he's in great shape. And so he's able to be released in the spring. And she had posted that on Facebook, on the Nature Center's Facebook page. to be like, hey, like, meet this new rehab animal. This is what you should do. This is the scenario, blah, blah, blah. Um, so now he's with rehabbers, and he'll be released in the spring. And someone got so mad because they were like, well, you just messed with, the, with nature out there. He could have been food for somebody, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, but it's, if we find an animal that we can save, like, we're yeah. gonna do our best to save it, <laughs> but if that's a
0: bunny, that person's not saying that,
3: right? They're like, "Hey, like, hey, you need to save every bunny and every squirrel. Yeah. Save all like, the bunnies. Why can't we? Why can't we save the garter snake?" I'm like, either he's gonna make it or he's not. But either way, we don't get a whole lot of snakes in rehab, so it also gives us the chance to practice rehabbing one that isn't in critical condition. Yeah. So it kind of gives you more experience so that when we get a more critical condition, we're more prepared. So we've got some. Rehabbers that are more newly uh, licensed, so where my boss and I have done most of it, we've got some some newer ones that need to get their feet wet. So that's a really good way to do it because the snake just needs to be provided for over winter. He doesn't need a whole lot. He doesn't need medication or anything. Um, So it's a good way for the other rehabbers to gain experience. So we're like, well, either he's going to make it or he's not. He's either good for experience or he doesn't make it, and we tried.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's uh I tried to rehab a um so when I worked at the zoo we'd always get like uh baby possums and squirrels and everything all the time mm-hmm. uh and because I was the reptile guy they were never like hey do you want to take it home and try to to, to save it right. cuz I'm like so finally I was like why don't I ever get offered any of these like, well we figured you wouldn't want to save them. I'm like I'd still like to try like let <laughs> me so they gave me a baby possum and like it was going great thing was awesome I would eat bananas and I loved it and then it died and they're like oh yeah that happens a lot I was like y'all got to give me a fucking heads up that these things die all the time right. Like,
2: Thanks for the warning.
0: do not let me know that it was just like, even if you do everything right, it may just die. I was like, I, I kind of grew attached to this thing, and no one told me it was going to die on me just randomly.
3: Yeah, I love opossums. That was one thing I really loved when I worked in the zoo field. So I was always you know into reptiles. I wasn't really a mammal person. Um, I also really like birds of prey. But what surprised me was like the opossums. I really liked the opossum. Um So when I came back to the nature center, I said of animal care, I kept telling my boss. Like we really need a possum at our facility because of the way we're funded, we weren't allowed to have any mammals or birds or anything—just yeah. strictly reptiles and fish. But I was like, we should get a possum, and she was like, they only live like two years. I'm like, but we should get a possum. She's like, no, because what's going to happen is you're going to fall in love with it, you're going to get attached, it's going to die, you're going to be sad, and then you're begging me for another one. I'm like, well, yeah, that's how keeping possums. <laughs> yeah, works, then you, then you but- <laughs> get another possum. Does right exactly. Like you're telling me there aren't like non-releaseable rehabs that we can't like work in. <laughs> I'm sure
0: there's plenty. We ended up getting a a leucistic, a wild leucistic female in um, that had awesome. had babies. Uh, that is a scary thing to have screaming at you is this giant, looks <laughs> like a giant white lab rat, just screaming at you mm-hmm. when you come near it. But
3: yeah, oh yes, I can imagine. We had two years ago um, an albino porcupine that came in. Which was oh, that's cool. Super cool. Um, She ended up having a leg amputated, so now she lives at a, um, like, a wildlife center a couple hours away, because their animal care director is really good friends with the nature center director, so it was kind of like, our director went and picked it up, and then one of their people brought it down to um, Cornell, where it could have surgery, and then it went back to live with them, so they've got the albino porcupine, but that, it was super cool. She's really small, really cute, but it's just weird to see an albino one.
2: Yeah.
0: Especially when you're in, like, the reptile world and, like, morphs. Look at all the morphs. And then you see, like, wild right. ones. And I'm like, it's so weird to see it happen in the wild.
3: I'm like, that porcupine. It's a morph. It's an albino morph. How cool is
0: that? <laughs> we could breed this and make tons of morphs. Oh, wait. No, that's not how this works
2: with everything. Right.
3: Not- <laughs> yeah, that was the other issue. They were like, you know, if she was fully healthy and, like, didn't have to have her, like, amputated because she got caught in a trap. They're like, now you have to deal with that issue. Of, well, if it's healthy, we should release it. But it's albino, so it's going to have a target on its back. So would it be better off just going and living at the wildlife center? But she ended up having to have her leg amputated, so she couldn't be released anyway. Oh. But there's kind of that toss-up where they're like, people now know she exists. They're going to be looking for her because there's a lot of issues of who is going to go pick her up. Yeah. Um, luckily, the farm that had her called us at the nature center so we could go get her. But there was some debate amongst local people and different rehabbers about who would go get her, who would do right by her. Um, but I think the right choice was made <laughs> and her going to that wildlife center was the best thing for her.
0: Everybody wanted to have a, a solid white porcupine.
3: Right. It's like all the rehabbers were like, well, I want it. Well, I want it. Why does this person get to have it? Like, well, this one gets to have it because it can then go back to her and have a great life. At the wild center where it can like just, be well cared for I can't imagine and have North, all the staff on duty
0: <laughs> and I can't imagine North American porcupines are fun to try to hold like like mm-hmm. their their quills suck
3: yeah I've only ever worked with one and he did not like me it was the one in the education department and he only liked a couple people um it was the ones that helped raise him from a baby so he was very comfortable with them I think I only took him on a program That's- once. And the docent I had with me liked him and had worked with him quite a bit. So she was kind of in charge of him, and I was in charge of everything else. But he was a little grumpy that day. So it got to a point where he, he needed to be done for the day. And she was yelling to me, she's like, Can you help me get him in the crate? And I'm like, Oh, okay. So I'm like, I put my little bird away. And I'm like, All right, how are we doing this? So we're just throwing like bananas and apples into the crate, hoping he climbs back in, which he did. But it was stressful working with him. So I was like, That is the last time. I take him anywhere without another like full-time person that can manage him. Well, I, oh, oh no. <laughs> it's not even like,
0: like African porcupines where the quills just poke at you. Like if they get mm-hmm. you with one, it's in you. Like they've got little hooks on the end of them and it's, yeah, it just doesn't seem yep. pleasant at all.
3: Nope. The first, when I did training with him, I got to snuggle with him. which was super cool. So he loves bananas. So if you had a banana, he would climb on your lap and just sit with you. And that was awesome. But I remember thinking, Oh my gosh, like, what happens if he decides he doesn't you know, it's, really love a banana or he doesn't like me? Like, I say the moment
0: that he's like, I don't like this, then turns around and just stabs you. And then you're stuck with all right. these quills.
3: Right. But that didn't happen. So it was a good experience. It was a lot of fun. But after that, they're like, okay, now you can take him. Like, this program that we do every year, this event, they want all native wildlife. So you have to bring the porcupine with you. And I was like, do I have to? And like, yeah, we're sending a good dolphin with you. She's very familiar with working with him. She can manage him. All right. And then he wasn't having it. He was having a grumpy day. So I was like, great. Of
0: course he is. (laughs) Well, that's something I'm sure you doing what you do. You have to have a large variety of animals because animals do have bad Mm -hmm. days. Especially, You have to have several snakes of the same kind of care level or at least experience because they're going to have to, if you're doing, say, four or five programs in a day, you know, Mm -hmm. they get tired. Um, My worst was that I ever had was I had a, a big seven foot red tail who was doing great all day but it was like the sixth presentation and it was, and I would let kids come by and like two hands down, two fingers down the back of her and I had her head and I felt something prick my elbow. I'm like, man, what was that? And I looked down and I'm bleeding. I realized, Oh, she just reached over and like bit and let go. And I was like, okay, yep. she's, done. Uh, she's yep. done. She was like, Hey, <laughs> yeah, there was, there was no bite out of like anger. It was just like, Hey, here's a warning bite of you need to put me up now. And I was like, all right, well, we're going to put yep. her up before this ends horribly.
3: Yeah, those are some things, those, going back to like the negative comments online, those are some of the other ones I get where they're like, hey, like you shouldn't have this many, don't promote this many. So I always try if I'm talking about a relative number or showing my animals, I try to always mention like, hey, I'm, I also do this for a living, like I have a business, I have to have a variety. Yeah. I can't have just a couple animals, so I need to make sure that they can all have their days off. And I have backups. If someone's having a bad day, I bring a couple extra. That way if I get to a program and someone's like not feeling it, I can be like, oh, that's okay. Because I brought this other animal that I can use instead. So I always try to be like, hey, like I have this many animals because it's what I do. Like, there is a purpose to this. It isn't me just wanting a million animals and like spending my days doing nothing but cleaning tanks because it's like the best thing in the world. <laughs> it's a lot of work. I'm like, but there is a purpose to it. I there is a reason besides showing them off online. I don't just have this money to show off online. Like it is a job, it is my business. There is a purpose to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, because we reference on here, a lot of people when they get into reptiles get into what we always refer to as the uh, the Noah's Ark syndrome, where they want to mm-hmm. get something of everything. Uh, yep. But that's a different case because you know normally it's Noah's Ark, and then they either get out of it or they they focus on something, right? Mm-hmm. But yours is I got to have a lot of this because. It's an actual job, like you've got to have them. Whereas that's got to be tricky being on YouTube, because you know there was there was a whole thing for us for a while with YouTubers where it was people getting new animals all the time because they had to make a video. Yep. And so you just saw them getting a new animal all the time to make a video, not because they're actually doing education programs as a career.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I was very aware when I started getting into the reptiles. I had already been watching a couple different people. Um, just from trying to do research on like different animals and what I might like and originally like most people I started off thinking hey I might want like a leopard gecko or a bearded dragon and those are things that most people have so that's how I was able to find kind of all these channels because everyone's done videos on these animals because everybody has them um so that's kind of when I was noticing that people were like oh hey new animal oh hey new animal and then people started to talk about that so I kind of had a mental note when I got into starting my channel I was like I don't want to be that person. I don't want to constantly be like, hey, new animal. Hey, new animal. So when I first started, there was like a couple months, a period of time where I did start to get animals a little more quicker, but that wasn't so much me wanting to show them up online. It was more of that sense of freedom because I lived off campus. I didn't live with my parents. I was a graduating senior. So it was kind of like, hey, I can go direct to Reptile Expo and I can actually get things now but before i was we were, like with my parents on my way like back home for the summer so i could never get anything so it was kind of like that sense of freedom where like i could go to a reptile expo and be like oh my gosh like, i can get whatever i want so that lasted for like that half a semester and then i had a couple that i say were rescues they weren't rescues um and you was, bought them i saw i bought them yeah. i thought they were in bad condition and i was like you know what I have the money to take them to the vet. So I'm going to get them and take them to the vet. Looking back now, I'm like, that was stupid. See, at least you know <laughs> that because
0: that drives me nuts. you right. we like, I rescued this. I'm like, you didn't rescue anybody if you paid for it. Like,
3: Right. So looking back now, I'm like, I learned, but I definitely was one of those people. Cause you know, you get into the hobby, you don't know any better. And you're yeah. like, you know what? I'm going to save this animal. I'm going to buy it and I'm going to take it to the vet. So it has a chance at life. And so I was out, Hundreds of dollars and end up dying anyway. And that's kind of when it stopped. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I can't, I can't do this. We're not doing this. Yeah. So from there, it kind of started to slow down a little bit. But that was also about the time once I graduated and I was looking for jobs. And I was like, I did my first program at the Nature Center with the couple of animals that I had. And I was like, I really like this. So it's kind of when I started to set my sights on wanting to have my own business. So from there, it was like a it was steady progression. So I knew that I'd have to have a variety. Um, but I was also moving into my apartment where my landlords were kind of like, we're okay with what you have now. Not sure we want you to get more. <laughs> of course I got a couple more, but it was only a couple. And it, it was mostly when I was moving out to come home. Cause so I knew that's when I was like, okay, I'm moving home. We're starting this business. So I ended up getting a couple before moving home, but from there it was kind of steady, but I definitely kind of had that where I first got into it. And I was like, animal, 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 um, I think there's only, like, five animals. <laughs> so it definitely could have been a lot worse. I think it was, like, five, and then I was like, okay, we're done.
0: <laughs> so I'm assuming because of the variety and because of what you do and because time-wise, I'm assuming you don't really breed anything.
3: No. No, that's never really been an interest of mine. Um, wait, wait. A lot so of you can animals- own
0: reptiles and not breed them?
3: Right. That's I weird. get that question a lot, too, at programs. They're like, well, do you breed them? And I'm like, don't. You nope, know, like I don't have the time, but also a majority of my animals are rehomed. Um, either they came from the Craigslist. Nowadays, because more people know me, especially locally, um, because I do a lot. So a lot of people know me either from the yeah. rank, the nature center, whatever. So a lot of people know me now, and they know that I'm kind of like the weird reptile girl of the town. So <laughs> they know to reach out to me. So I get people all the time that like message me on Facebook. They're like, hey, got your name from so-and-so. I have a bearded dragon. Do you want it? Usually I'm like, no, I don't want more bearded dragons. But a lot of that stuff happens or like I'll get an animal from somebody and then I'll just like, I'll send them an update on it a couple months later. And they're like, hey, like, we really like the setup. We like the care you're providing. Like, do you want this other animal we have? (laughs) So That's how I got a lot of my geckos. I got my fat tailed geckos. And then a couple months later, I was like, hey, like, forgot you wanted an update. Here's an update. Here's the new enclosure like I made for them. And she's like, that's awesome. Do you want a gargoyle gecko? Sure, I'll take your gargoyle gecko. (laughs) So yeah, like a lot of my animals either come from like rehoming situations or um, maybe rescues or whatnot. So they're not animals I would want to breed anyway, because I don't know their history. Some of them have different medical conditions. Um, So I just, I don't really have good animals for breeding. But also I like to have like one of each species. I don't really want more than one because it takes up space and then I can't have more of a variety. So there's very few animals I have multiple of. It's pretty much my fat tailed geckos and my ball pythons that I have multiple of because those are the ones that I tend to use more when I'm letting the public interact with animals or letting kids handle. Um, So those are the ones that I have more of just because if one is shedding or not feeling it that day, I have others that I can fall back on. But those are pretty much the only animals I have multiple of. Everything else I have like one of each.
0: (laughs) So do you go to reptile shows or anything up there on a regular basis?
3: Um, I do. I did more in college because most of the shows are down that way where I went to school. Um, we don't really have a whole bunch up here, although more are starting to pop up in the last year or two to the point where some of the bigger ones that I would normally go to aren't happening anymore because there's so many little ones popping up. Um, but this past year is actually the first year that I have ended because I, on top of my education stuff, I have an Etsy. So I tend kind of uh. my artsy side of things because that was the other thing I did in school was graphic design. Um, so it's kind of my, my artsy outlet, but a way to also use that major since I went into debt to <laughs> get that major. So I got to use it somehow. Um, so I, for the first time, finally, after all these years, uh, started vending in person. Now that I've got like all the business licenses and whatnot, which was a lot of fun. So I did a lot of expos this fall vending. So I'm excited for spring to keep going, but definitely gave me an excuse to go to those expos. Um, surprisingly, I didn't spend very much money because when you're making money, it's like, wow, I want to see how much I can make. I don't want to go spend it. Yeah. So I'd like run up and like buy bugs, like feeders or whatever. And then like, okay, now I'm sitting at my table. I'm not moving.
0: <laughs> and y'all have one day shows up there, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't, I don't think we have any that are multiple day. I think all of them are two days, like 10 to four, maybe nine to four, but that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah. All of ours down here are two day. I couldn't imagine a one day show.
3: Yeah, it was crazy when I went to Tinley a couple years ago to oh, yeah. meet up with some friends. I was like, wow, like we did the one day, and I was like, oh, wait, to go back another day, get to see like everything I missed, just like hang out some more. So that was a lot of fun, but it was also a lot bigger than ours. Ours are big enough that you can get through it in an hour or two. Some of them you can get through in 20 minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, like the one little tiny room of a, a hotel or something, one little ballroom. Yep.
3: Yeah, pretty much. And the ballroom are the big ones. <laughs> Some of the ones I did were like a little community center room where there was like maybe five of, or six of us in oh, there. Oh, wow. Yep. Yep. And for me, it's at least a three-hour drive to get to any of the expos. So sometimes I would go and I'd get there and there'd be like five of us in there. Like, shoot. <laughs> I just like had to pay for gas, pay for a hotel room where everyone else was like, oh, yeah, we live locally. Where are you from? Like three hours away. And they're like, why are you here? <laughs>
0: yeah, it was not yeah. worth it.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, but now I've kind of got an idea of which ones are worth it. Which ones maybe will be worth it in the future, but maybe I won't do in the spring.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, we are coming up on ooh, coming up on two hours. Let me go ahead. I got a couple things got to do before we get out of here. I got a giveaway for anybody listening, we have our December giveaway sponsored by our friends over at Colossal Constrictors. They're giving away a digital scale for all you weirdos that weigh your animals. Uh, and I am talking to you ball python people because none of the rest of us weigh anything. We just don't. We just go. Yeah, it's 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 an adult. Uh, that's one of the things was, people ask me all the time. Like uh, like Sambo's, uh, how big does it have to be to breed? Uh, I don't know breeding size it, when it looks like it's breeding size. I don't like. I think when I got into it, it was like three hundred grams. But I'm like, I can look at this and go, yeah, it's big enough now, or nah, it's not big enough. Or I always love the like, how much does the baby weigh? Uh, I don't know. It, it's alive and eating. It weighs what? I don't. It doesn't. I don't get it. Uh, but for anybody out there who does do all that, you can win a digital scale. So I'm going to hit my random number generator of all the people that have commented over on our post for the December giveaways. And we've got number 11, which is going to be Jason Creek Moore, who's commented on several of our posts lately. I'll, if you're not listening now, I'll contact you. You won our fourth giveaway for December, which is the digital scale from Colossal Constrictors. And we'll get that out to you. Uh, and then we are doing a giveaway this month for a Blanket. I just got to figure out what we're going to make you do to earn it, but we'll post that on Google, on our, uh, on our Facebook page. And then, oh, I forgot to mention VivTech earlier. Anybody needs LED UVB bulbs, uh, check out VivTech and use code gumbo 22 to save 15%. Uh, if you're not using UVB bulbs on your, especially your lizards and your tortoises, uh, you need to, and you can use the LED bulbs. They are good for up to four years. Really. They're good for more than four years. Those things are amazing. I've used them on all my animals now. I love them. Uh, get rid of those little curly Q bulb things that you have to replace in six months. It's a waste of money. Go buy you an LED bulb from VivTech. Um, I think that's it. If you want to get a hold of you, Zoe, how can they get a hold of you?
3: Um, so, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, they're all the same thing. It's ZA Reptiles or at ZA underscore reptiles, but it's the same name on all platforms. So I try to make it
0: easy. <laughs> yeah. Go over there on YouTube, on Instagram and just follow, just give her a follow on all those. Um, and I got to go watch the one on the Calabar's burrowing boas. I always say boas. I know you said pythons and a lot of people do, but, uh, and
3: they're technically, boas. they're technically
0: a boa. And, and I like, yep. boas. I like boas better than Python. So I'll make sure I <laughs> Calibar's burrowing boas, but, uh, also just weird ass thing that doesn't really fit into any other category. So we're going to call him a boa until one day someone classifies it as something else. Yep. <laughs> um, thank you everyone, for listening. Zoe, hang around for a second. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, somebody I haven't figured it out yet, but I'll have somebody at some point next week. And then, uh, let's see, it was the, the 30th, the 30th is our 200th episode. Uh, for anybody listening, Give me ideas who you want on. We're going to have several people on from previous episodes. We're going to try and get several people to call in here or there. Uh, If there's anybody from the last, at that point, 199 episodes that you want to see back on, uh, shoot us a message. Let us know which one of our guests over the 199 episodes you want to see. You can go check out our website at TheReptileGumboPodcast.com, which has a breakdown of every episode and who was on every episode, if you want to try to remember who it was. Uh, Thanks to our buddy Nathan, who has done our entire website, because he's amazing. Um, other than that, we'll be back next week. Zoe, thank y'all. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you. And good night.